0: Her big, dumb face. <laughs> the longest so- It's on his midlife face. Oh my God, it's
1: so good, guys.
0: We're, We're not told that. that. Yeah, we do. We're not told it is written. It is written. <laughs> Hello, McCurdy. No, here, I'll... Uh, see, I warned you last time. I was like, you gotta unmute yourself.
2: Oh! <laughs> there <laughs> yeah, you, go. there you go. Now he's here. Was, uh, yeah, I'm here. Mm-hmm. How you doing? I, uh... I'm doing all right. Just mm-hmm. had a long day with family and you know. Yeah. Nothing much.
0: Yeah, fun. Yeah, I uh um I think it's quite clear who won Barbenheimer. <sighs> quite clear. I, I, I uh yeah, not not to rehash last night, but I'm I'm like the more I thought about Barbie, I was like, it's so funny how how far dis different distant from each other they are in the list you know
2: well it doesn't i have never i've also said it's like it doesn't surprise me because um it doesn't surprise me because when you think of you know when you think of movies that you know even end up in the oscars versus movies that are um you know the popular movie it's it's not always the popular movies don't always get win the oscars they don't i mean the popular movie is going to win the money they don't win the critical acclaim and i feel like this is an example of that so it doesn't surprise me but i also Mm -hmm. am like i know people if people want to make it a thing well i actually do have a a slide specifically talking about barbenheimer uh because we didn't really touch on that as much last night but um i I do have a slide talking about it because i do think there's something very interesting with this this uh weekend that we're still in we're still in the the weekend of Barmanheimer. We haven't even yeah. finished this weekend so it is just
0: um, it, it is a very odd and really funny um little like uh just these two movies that just some knuckleheads you know uh, uh, years possibly years ago upwards of a year ago uh, just decided we're gonna do um we're gonna we're gonna release our movie on this date and we're going to release our movie on this date. And it, and and then normally sometimes somebody would move it or whatever. And they just didn't. And it just, whether, whether it happened organically or some genius was, was like, well, I don't know. There's such, there's such odd. Uh, there's such disparate movies. Um, let's just start like getting our, our basement memers to just throw out a bunch of, right. you know, like who called it Barbenheimer, like possibly, yeah, possibly, uh, uh,
2: Possibly not ago. just somebody out months there. months you know? ago. Yeah, no, I would yeah. say about six or seven months ago when when the, it was announced that these movies were coming out at the same time. That's when people started the Barbenheimer thing. And then that yeah. has, has. But again, I want to talk about it when we get to the slides, because I do yeah. have uh, I have a lot to say specifically about that. So but it, without further ado, do you want to do your. Um, and I'll, also, let's just mention real quick that Nance had a family emergency. That is why he's not here tonight. Uh, yeah. We didn't we didn't take him out back and shoot him or anything like that. <laughs> but yeah, he uh, he's uh, that, you know, of that. That's mm-hmm. why you weren't dun, returning dun, my calls da. all day. Anyway, uh, yeah, anyway. Let's, Charlie, give me a review of, uh, of Oppenheimer.
0: OK, you asked for it after Dunkirk and Tenet. It seemed like maybe Christopher Nolan was losing his edge. But now we know that's not the case because Oppenheimer is not just a masterful film, but an incredible achievement but it's also the least but it's also the least Christopher Nolan movie of his movies because this is his first biographical picture no IMAX level action set pieces no major revelations or twists no cross cutting between 30 different plot points all converging on one big moan of truth instead the movie is 99% people talking in rooms in a massive and admittedly sometimes confusing web of he said she said Spanning decades, the film lays out the life and times of J. Robert Oppenheimer from his days as a student to being appointed director of the Manhattan Project and inventing and dropping the atomic bomb to become to becoming world famous, but feeling really bad about all of it and eventually being investigated by the United States government for connections to communists and Soviet Union spies. But all in all, but all in all, it is the single greatest expression of the Promethean myth in modern history. The man who stole fire from the gods, in this case, harnessed the power of the universe and presented this great technology to mankind, a tool, which was immediately reformed into a weapon that to this day threatens to end human existence itself and how he was persecuted and punished for his deed by the government. He did by the government. He did it for and by himself. I'm, I'm going to read that last bit. Because that doesn't that It's weird. And how he was persecuted and punished for this deed by the government. He did it for and himself. Yeah, nice I think start. most people are gonna are there. My my assumption, as soon as it ended, I was like, a lot of people mm-hmm. are gonna go boring. It was boring. Where's Batman? Where's chase scenes? And and I I I was just like, I'm uh, admittedly, I'll have to watch this movie 17 more times with a notebook, right. keeping mm-hmm. notes. Like it is, it is Nolan doing his favorite thing in the world, which is uh, let's put this in an editing like in unravel it and fan edit it into total chronological order and it would be really dragging at points so let's put it in the editing blender uh just like we did with dunkirk and let's just chop it up and uh in dunkirk i didn't buy it i was like you put it in the editing blender to make it appear like it's brilliant oh like it's 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 about time it's about time right because we're cutting over here and back here but no this had a purpose where it was yeah. really just going through the whole series of events, and I—I I mean, I, I ate
2: this shit up. I ate yeah. this is—I—I never, I have not seen anybody online or people that I know have said this movie is boring. I think most people think this is like, in my opinion, this is his best movie
0: ever. Like I, my, dude, that's my. As opinion. soon as it ended, I was like, I said the same thing. I sat there and I said, "Wow, I just saw Nolan's best movie of his life." And I, and I usually when I have that that feeling, I go, "Okay, but calm down." Think about it. You might have to watch it a few more times, but this, this was an this is a fucking achievement, dude. This this was just I feel incredible from beginning. Let's, to end.
2: let's save some of the talk about the, Nolan once we get past the slides because I yeah. do have a lot to talk. I mean, I have. I mean, we both have a lot to talk about. Um, a lot to praise Nolan. A lot. There's a bunch of stuff I want to talk mm. about with this movie, but yeah. let's get get into it. First off, come on, guys, buy your merch. <laughs> this is day two of the Barbenheimer see you know the barbenheimer weekends
0: maybe we need to, shot already, glasses maybe if it was shot need, glasses oh that's uh, what we or, or need. whiskey we need
2: cho- oh my god charlie we need to get no that's that's the next merch we need to get shot glasses and then have our yeah. individual you know the 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 bond pictures or individual yeah. bond pictures on so like you yeah. can get a collection you can be like you want the charlie one the mccurdy one or the nans one you can get yeah. the individual ones the, guys, in the in the descriptions, would you buy that? Please let us know. <laughs> we might even put a little yeah. thing out there.
0: I if, anyway. if it existed on the uh, uh, spring store, it all. Oh, is it have to be on thing. the
2: store? Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, I'm sure, sure there's, there's other. other they're start. They they are like, oh, it, we have this and then, I got gotcha, you. Yeah, I got gotcha, you. But
0: that's gotcha. the gotcha. one thing they don't have. And I was like, another
2: another fun shout out to Huevos Rants on you know being our, our model for all this this stuff. Again, if you if you have pictures of our merch or or you know whatever, please. Send it to us. Put it in the Discord. Let us see it. Maybe we'll show it on the show. And, you know, just like a little fun, fun thing. We like we want to show the people that, you know, appreciate us. We want to appreciate you. I can't. I think. got to make that sound not sexual, guys. Come on. (laughs) Anyway, let's let's just move on. We'll beat you off. We will beat you off. We'll beat you off. We'll beat you off. Uh, This is Oppenheimer written and directed by Christopher Nolan based on American Prometheus by Kai Bird. In Martin J. Sherman. So I'm going to start in a way that I wouldn't start with because I think normally we think, oh, who was Oppenheimer? Let's talk about Oppenheimer. I'm actually not going to talk about that. I'm actually going to talk about where how this movie originated. So this particular film is based on the biography of Julius Robert Oppenheimer, American Prometheus. The, bio- the biography was written by Martin J. Sher- Sherwin and Kai Bird. Sherwin had actually begun the book going back all the way to 1979. Sherwin had conducted hundreds of interviews from people who knew Oppenheimer, collected thousands of declassified documents, dossiers, letters, diaries, as research. That all said, the book had become somewhat of a never-ending, unfinished piece of work for Sherwin. Uh, It wasn't until Kai Bird entered the picture the duo began to uh, to make progress in finishing the book, which was finally released in 2005. Now, Christopher Nolan was gifted Oppenheimer's speeches by Robert Pattinson. There's actually a thing that I read about how Robert Pattinson was talking about how um, Tenant, even though that movie's messy, and we can we can get we can talk into that, but he talks about how that movie is is kind of about what if you could put the toothpaste back in the bottle, so to speak, and and uh, and that was part of the reason he wanted to give this to um, Nolan uh, as a as a wrap gift. He gave him like this thing of speeches, which kind yeah. of you know, that kind of sparks Nolan's um, curiosity into the Oppenheimer story, which led to him, led to the book. And then he decided, let's take this book and we'll base the movie off the book. Of course, I have never read much about Oppenheimer, but the Cliff Notes version of Julius Robert Oppenheimer was an American born uh, New York who had who was born by Jewish German immigrants, which also confused me because as I was watching the movie, I was like, is he American or was he immigrated because he has a little bit of an accent but that kind of clears that that up for me i was like oh his parents were jewish from germany they had moved here but he was born in new york so i was like okay i get i get it he's an american uh he went to harvard he went to cambridge and then got again i don't know that it was the the german school that you see him in the movie uh that's where he got his doctorate and much like the film shows he became the head of the manhattan project which made the two nuclear uh, weapons that ended world war ii in japan specifically um that's that's yeah so basically this was based off of a book and they even say it like you're like yeah we're basing this off american prometheus you talked about it they say it in the beginning of the movie about how he brings uh you know brings fire to man essentially uh and 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 yeah. then is punished like then the gods
0: punish is punished, him. yeah yeah right and in this it's both the government and himself you know it's just like, i think th- i think you know, uh feeling guilty yeah, about the government but i
2: feel thing. like it's right it's this movie also deals with, um, you know, pointing fingers from one specific individual because uh, of, of certain things. So, um, yeah. of course... Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have to talk much about Christopher Nolan, but I'll, I'll say this. We all know this film was directed by Christopher Christopher Nolan. Nolan is best known for his use of practical effects, his many collaborators on and off screen, and the non-linear storytelling going all the way back to his debut feature film Following, which was 1998, which he made for only $6,000. He has an impressive filmography. Most, most of his films have been highly praised, notable standouts include Memento, the Dark Knight trilogy, specifically The Dark Knight. Uh, Inception, and then Chucky e. Rant's favorite film, Dunkirk. Uh, Oppenheimer marks his 12th mm. film, all with the exception of Insomnia, has been either the sole... He, he has been either the sole writer on the films or is one of the writers of the films, which is, mm. I, I think, even just as equally impressive. That I still... Is, you know, I, sorry, is I still so think it's really... Movies.
0: Yeah, I still think it's really uh, like writing with his brother on the Batman movies. I I think is so cool, you know, because you you yeah. can because all the way back in Following, there's a, a scene where there's a Batman logo stickered onto a door. So obviously he he'd always been a yeah. fan, and right. uh and it's it's like um him and his brother, you know, they probably used to obsess over Batman, and then they live the dream. They write right the best batman movies ever you know it's 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 fantastic but i what is, I um uh uh which one I, of these is your favorite well f- first off before i forget i think you mentioned uh you mentioned that the getting the speeches was what set them off on oppenheimer my assumption was that making interstellar and dealing with black holes and physics and all that was what I think, so I think so. I think it might be both, you know, because there's so a little bit of I related. think it's a little
2: bit of both. I think he was he was always interested in this stuff. But I think when you it was like him handing this to him, and he was like, oh, yeah, Oppenheimer. And then maybe yeah. that kind of spurred him to be like, I I." he's probably always been curious about the Oppenheimer story. And I think that that he was like, oh, I think it, this should be my next project. Yeah. Um. So I think I think there was a little bit of that. I didn't write this in one of the slides. I did want to mention this. I know several months back, people were talking about this movie and saying that he actually filmed a uh, nuclear weapon being exploded. That didn't happen. What happened was that this film, he has stated that with this movie, he used all practical effects. There was no computer-generated effects, especially Mm -hmm. with the explosions. I think what they said is they used real explosions to simulate the Trinity explosion that we see, the, the Trinity test. Um, and I believe that they used either, I think these said miniatures or they used, uh, but they used real explosives to create that, the, the look. And they also said they used uh, force perspective as well. So they made it look a lot larger than it actually was. Um, yeah. Charlie, I was going to ask you though, uh, which of these films is your favorite of his? Because I think, I want to say, like, I want to say probably The Dark Knight, but I'd also say Insom- uh, Inception is also one of my, fa- like, probably one of my favorites. I'm I gonna, know 40 man, you're saying insomnia.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to, can I split it into the I don't care. Batman and non-Batman? Sure. The Batman. Is it, it, it's like, you,
2: I know which one's your favorite Batman one. Do you? I, I'm sure you do. Yeah, I do. Cause we, you and I, you and I've talked about this. I, yeah. I know wh- where you feel about it.
0: Um, I would say, Oh, thank you, Mr. McCurdy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, for me, I, I always my eyes always go right to prestige. Like, I I, I that's a good one. I, I, I like always one. go right there, Batman wise. It's always going to be that like Godfather one and two syndrome yeah. of yeah, 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 uh yeah. Batman Begins and, and Dark Knight. But I typically lean towards Batman Begins, and I, that's what I thought. It's like it's so great, but Batman Begins is where cuz again it's like um dark knights about uh, chaos and order love me right. some chaos and order uh right. but but batman begins is specifically about fear and that's right. the essence of batman and so that's i usually end up landing there and if when i think of batman my brain goes straight to uh um uh i won't kill you but i, I don't have to save you which right. is it, it, like I, th- I think I think my 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 little uh, Ken doll bump goes beep whenever I see that moment. It's incredible. So and I will say, Prestige I think and also, Batman Begins.
2: Prestige is a great one. I and I like that one. I think uh, you can find a lot of similarities between the Prestige and a lot of his other films. I also like the following only because I go back to that movie whenever I'm thinking about making my own movies because yeah. it's like this guy made a movie for six thousand dollars. You should study this movie that he did for nothing to kind of really grasp if you're if, if you're interested in filmmaking. I think it's a great movie to study just so that you can see like oh this is what you can do for almost nothing. And I love I love that movie. Um, yeah. So without further ado, let's move on. Let's talk about the thing that I really want to talk about this week is barbenheimer the barbenheimer f- phenomenon so yesterday we reviewed reviewed barbie however we didn't really talk about the phenomenon of barbenheimer let's wind back the clock charlie uh, and i knew nan i thought Nan's was going to be here but obviously he isn't but it doesn't matter uh so let's wind back the clock back to during the pandemic where much of the groundwork of- for this weekend began because if you recall prior to warner brothers being bought by discovery the pre zaslav regime decided to do a same day release on hbo max and in theaters due to the low attendance of the box office because of COVID, basically. Yeah. So Christopher Nolan, who has been a staple at Warner Brothers, again, he has been a like most film directors usually have an office at a studio. Most people don't realize this. This goes all the way back to like the early days of like film uh, filmmaking of, of like the studio system. But that 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 element of studio system still has reigned even today. But usually directors, they usually have an office. Like Spielberg, I think his office, like for a long time, was at Universal, right? They usually have an office at a studio. His office was usually at Warner Brothers. All of his films since Insomnia have been produced through Warner Brothers, but he was very, he he voiced a. His, he voiced his objections to mandate mainly it was mainly because of how it was handled, because was a lot of filmmakers didn't know they were going to. There, there's a lot of things with the contracts, because if you make a certain number at the box office, you're going to get a certain amount of residuals for those profits. And that really screwed everything up when you're saying, oh, we're going to release everything in HBO Max. Now people aren't going to go to the theaters. They're going to stay home and just watch the movies. Yeah. So he was also somebody who was not very happy with that so because uh, nolan then left warner brothers to rival studio universal for his next project which is oppenheimer while yes you can look at bar like you kind of mentioned this before you yes you can look at barbenheimer as counter programming but with with two juggernauts one being nolan's cloud as a director versus barbie's international appeal as a toy line directed towards girls yet it, i think it closely resembles the equivalent of LeBron James after his 2010 decision to play for the Miami Heat, now playing against his former teammates and team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Because remember, he was like, he was a Warner Brothers guy. Now he leaves, and now he's he's playing for a different team. But now we've got Warner Brothers, fa- you know, facing off against their, their previous star teammate as Christopher Nolan in, in this film. And obviously, like... You know, this movie. We are still in the opening weekend of, of these films, but Barbie is currently has a worldwide gross of 337 million over Oppenheimer's 174 million. This doesn't actually surprise me because yeah, again, no, no. like one's like, more, like you su- said, one's popular more of, versus one's the popular thing, one's more the intellectual right. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me. I generally think it's good competition is great for theaters, no matter which film beat out which. Yeah. Most people I've talked to are usually like, Are you gonna go see both? And that's kind of the that's kind of the event movie this summer is not, yeah. it's not, I want to go see this it's movie. It's not this or, or that. Avengers. It's Barbenheimer. It, yeah. You, you got to go see both of them. Cause that's, yeah. that's, that's the catch. So I think a lot of people are doing that. I think mm-hmm. that's fun. I think it's great for theaters. I think even Tom Cruise, like uh, of course he was the movie. His movie was last week, but I mean, he's a crazy movie guy yeah. and he was like, yeah, I'm going to go see both of them. People it's one of those things where, where it's like, you can't this.
0: write this shit. You can't, right. you can't pay uh, again, unless somebody, actually like came up with this, which pro- guaranteed no, but you never know. Uh, it's um, uh, yeah, it's like 10 years from now. They'll be like the best PR firm in the world. They came up with Barbenheimer, um, but it's, it's, it's uh, something that just happened and it's, it'll, it'll, they'll try to replicate it again and you know they'll be like right. you know go see star wars i can't even think of like uh something
2: something's, something's gonna going to happen we're going to have it. a filmmaker that's going to be like some cla- like a spielberg they'll, movie and it's going to be up against some product or some try, like comic book movie and everybody'll go
0: look the first time it was same. a fun joke yeah. but you can't recreate it because it happened right. organically and because right. it's it's too like as i already said it's 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 it, like the, all these images are so bizarre and because it's and it's hilarious, you know. Um, people oh, get behind no, and I, goofy and I stuff.
2: love I mean, they. Sh- I really wish that there was more. I wish, be- I know they couldn't do it because, of course, Warner Brothers and, and Universal probably weren't going to play that game because they are technically still in competition. But I, it mm-hmm. would have been more fun had something like AMC or Regal been like, yeah, you can buy your ticket like well, we're going to do like a special price ticket where you can go see spend five hours at the movie theater. Yeah. And you go in and you you watch Barbie and then you watch Oppenheimer and then they have another version of the showing where it's Oppenheimer first and then Barbie. Yeah, that I think would have been a lot of fun. Um, But I I, I still think. uh Yeah, I still like this is the coolest thing that's happened to at movie theater specifically in a yeah. very, very long time. And the great thing there is there are people had nothing everywhere. To do with, like it, it was, it had nothing it was to like to a madhouse movie. weekend. I thought you know? it was great.
0: Even at yeah. the rundown Regal that I love going to, I was like, because right. normally, as I always say, I'm the only person there and I love it. Uh, I was like, why are all these people here? Get out of my theater, you know, but um, but it was uh, it, it is it is fun and ridiculous. But I, what I'm more interested in uh, so far is, um, you know, it's because it's like, OK, big, big, big money. Right. What I'm more interested in is what the drop offs are going to be you know, is, right. is, uh, my prediction would be that Oppenheimer will either be, you know, it will be, will be fine. I mean, I plan on going to see it in IMAX, but it's booked right. for weeks. You know, right. I, I would have seen it in IMAX, but it's booked for weeks. Um, and I, I, my assumption is that Barbie's going to drop off. Cause it's like, you know, Oh, it's a great movie. You can take your, your daughter to And then it's like, can you take it's your
1: daughter to it? <laughs>
0: completely different. You can. You can yeah, you yeah, can because yeah. is it PG 13? Yeah, it is. You yeah, and, and you you can, you, you could know, do it's that. just parental guidance, you know, or you have to be 13. Right. So you can't, right. but you anyway.
2: Can. Anyway, um, okay, so this is gonna be the long list of of if if both you and Nans were here, it's gonna be uh moving on, moving on, because we're gonna talk about a good chunk of people that were in this movie. Because like Barbie, that had a, a giant cast oppenheimer probably has even a larger cast of people yeah. and it, it was almost like instead of casting nobodies for these roles uh nolan's like casting every person who wanted to work on a christopher nolan movie but first off yeah. we got Killian murphy uh you know murphy's best known work includes 28 days later in sunshine both danny boyle films uh but he's been a frequent collaborator with christopher nolan starting with the batman begins and also is best known for Peaky Blinders, which I've never seen. People keep telling me I need to watch Peaky Blinders. Yeah, that's, good. that's good. Eventually I will go see it. But yeah, he's great. Um, I don't have much else to say. I mean, yeah, he's, he's great. Like I, I he's, this is, I think he'll be nominated for this role. I, I yeah. would not be surprised if he doesn't get, nominated. I'd, li- I I'd like to say, I'd like to see a win yeah. based
0: on everything we've seen so far. I, I
2: yeah. so far I'd like to see a win. I would not be surprised if he got nominated. Uh, yeah. next we got Emily Blunt. Uh, and so she plays uh, Catherine Kitty Oppenheimer. She's probably first came to be known on, her scene, on, on the scene with Devil Hoyer's Prada. I mean, she did she did stuff before that. She's married to Jim from The Office, John Krasinski, uh, and they also co-starred in, in A Quiet Place. So I'm just going to keep moving on because there's really well, not it, much. It, to real talk about real quick people. though, on her, I just
0: yeah. I she she surprised me more than anybody. How mm. there were times where I was I I knew it was her the moment I saw her, but it, it was uh the way she was playing it was so uh, there were moments where and this rarely happens because you're just like oh this is the famous person i know insert famous name here um but she just she would just blend in you know whatever she was doing with her voice and her performance in general was suddenly it was like she emily blunt went went away whenever she was on screen and i I was i was like i'm i'm shocked she's incredible too Yeah,
2: because because yeah, because Kitty Oppenheimer was yeah, that was the thing. I was like looking up some of these people because uh, most of the cast are real people. I mean, I I, sometimes in these movies, they will they will take two different people and mash them together. This movie doesn't do that. I feel like every person is a person that was a person, a part of the Manhattan Project in real life Mm -hmm. or someone in Oppenheimer's life obviously this being her, his wife. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, she, yeah, the real Kitty Oppenheimer. Yeah. She was a part of the communist party. She, she was actually from Germany. She was born in Prussia, came over to the United States. She was married previously and then she ended up having a romance with Oppenheimer. They got married. Um, and I guess they also, they don't say this in the movie, but she had another kid, uh, who died and unfortunately to, um, uh, what is it, SIDS? So, mm. which is like they, they, I, there, there were, there's a lot of like that in the background with the kids that, you know, like as a parent, again, I'm like, I felt yeah. really bad. But, but again, if, if like, they brought a... up the SIDS, so,
0: it would have been, it almost would have been just drawing, things it, it, but it, it would have, it, it maybe would have been implied that she did it. Like there's a lot of, yeah, there, but being there's enough stuff mother, there, you know,
2: right? There's enough stuff. And again, I, th- and I think of Mad Men, um, because of how like that show kind of demonstrates how parenting and, and uh, how carelessness, like how careless people were generally back then about certain things. Like, yeah you know, we're a little more self-conscious about uh, cleaning up after yourself, but also like how you, how you deal with your kids. Do you leave them at home? Things like that. Like, I, I feel like yeah. that was a very different, it's a very different time. And nowadays we, there i think people's idea of parenting has changed drastically and i don't think it's a bad thing i just think we we live in a very different world too um it's one of the
0: best next. scenes in in uh uh that uh, what you're getting at is when they have that picnic and they just throw all their garbage throw all their trash yeah <laughs> I mean, literally like, throw it away you know
2: literally yeah. but anyway yeah, yeah her
0: best her best movies obviously live die repeat edge of tomorrow yeah i love like, that movie edge of tomorrow is yeah. great
2: yeah. um uh, I wish Nans was here because yeah. uh, Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. So I've, I've told this story. I've, I think I've told this story on the show many times before. But back when we were in high school, Charlie, myself, Nans, a bunch of our friends from high school, we weren't all sitting together, but uh, we went and saw, uh, we went to go see 300. And that same summer, the third Born Identity movie was going to be coming out Born Ultimatum, I believe that was. And I remember sitting in the theaters and we were getting ready to see 300. It was a packed theater. Everyone was really excited. And then the trailer for for uh, that movie came up and there was a moment of silence, like right after the, the trailer ends. And I swear to you, you could hear Nans clear as a bell, yell, Matt Damon and everybody in that theater laughed. It was, it was probably yeah. like a defining moment in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought my it was first really memory yes. ever. It was my first, it was the first memory. But yes, Matt Damon. We talked about him earlier this year in air. But yeah, he's, he's yeah. great. He's great. And I think the first time he showed up in, he has this tendency to show up in movies randomly. Yeah. Um, I think he did it in this movie. He did it in No Sudden Move. That was a uh, in, Soderbergh in, movie where it's in like, Interstellar, he just he shows just up shows and you're like, there's Matt yeah. Damon. You're like, oh my God. Yeah.
0: It, I remember when he showed up in Interstellar and I was like, yes.
2: Right. It's just Matt yes. Damon. He just shows up. Yeah. And yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hard to pick out a best matt damon movie but
2: he always has and you and you and i have always talked about he always has these really great there's tons of great interview pieces from him about film filmmaking and stuff like he talked about there was the one uh i was talking about working on private ryan and how he almost argued with spielberg about like well i want to do one more and he's like i don't have time to do either i can waste more time on this scene or i can go make the next scene and make that incredible so yeah love yeah matt damon it's great uh Moving on, though, we've got Tony Stark uh, plays Louis Strauss. Um, He was the chair of the United States Atomic Energy Commission, the AEC, which they mentioned a bunch in this movie. In this film, we witnessed his approval hearing for the Secretary of Commerce, which he was denied. I'm going to add to this because I think this is important. Um, This movie dives back and forth between color and black and white. And Nolan's done this in other movies. He did it in Dunkirk. He's done it in... um, Uh, Well, yeah, I guess I guess he did it. I'm I'm trying to think of another one. He's done this in, but he likes to put a framing device in his time Mm. dilation or how he he dips back and forth. This movie, he made a distinction about making this movie subjective uh, from the point of view of Oppenheimer. And he says that all of the Oppenheimer scenes are from the point of view are in color. So everything that is Oppenheimer's point of view, that's in color. Everything that is not Oppenheimer is in black and white. And a good okay. chunk of this movie is Lewis Strauss's point of view on the events that took place. Because you remember when we first see him and that whole scene with Einstein, that's in black and white the first time we see it. And then yeah. when the end of the movie, it's in color. Um, and I well, Because and I, the whole time, that was, uh, that was
0: something where I was like, when I watch this again, I need to yeah. pinpoint. Because at first you think it's, uh, uh, oh, because the, 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 the classic use of this is, you if you're doing a flashlight a flashback you you put it into black and white uh that's quickly broken so then i'm i'm going okay wait now yeah. i'm gonna need to watch this again and and from yeah. the beginning and be like what is so that's that's anybody who hasn't seen it yet is a very important thing to go in with because uh yeah. and that's, that's you'll be a little that's a unique use of that, that for sure yeah to attribute um, it to SB... a specific character
2: I'm not going to say that was, that was not an observation I made. I did read that and it was basically Nolan saying like, yeah, I, I intentionally made this movie. He he was like, I wanted to come through this movie in an, a, a subjective way between. And I think, yeah, Huevo says this as well. Script was written in first person. He does say that, but he was intending. His intention was like, yeah, he would, we'd switch back and forth between perspectives of, of events. And that's kind yeah. of like, that's like an old school film thing. When you think about like a movie like citizen Kane, where the beginning of the movie is through the eyes of what the news media saw of citizen Kane. And then the rest of the movie is everyone's different points of view and their, and their eyes of what actually happened um, yeah. in those events that are, are described in the very beginning of the movie. So I do think that's, I think that's actually a really cool narrative device. And I think that shows, and it's weird saying it because Christopher Nolan's been making movies for, you know, how long has he been making them, but you see kind of a, a growth or a maturity in the way he's making his movies. Um, okay, so we're going to go through two slides of people, and I'm going to read them, and maybe we'll comment on them. Maybe we won't comment on them. Okay. But there's two damn slides, because I have this cast is so freaking large. Yeah. So let's start off. Finally, a ridiculous list of people in this film. Some I will note. Some I'll just keep train moving. So i going to have Florence Pugh. Remember her from Black Widow? She plays Jean. Yeah, she uh, looks just Scott like a real-life person. Maybe you look maybe closer. his real life state. counterpart. Wow. Uh, you got Josh Hartnett plays Ernest Lawrence. I'm going to quickly say there was talks at one point of him playing Batman. This movie convinced me he could play Batman. Uh, I'll just mm. leave it at that. I think physicality, I was like, oh, yeah, he definitely looks like he could play that role. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, where was I? He's a huge uh, person. Casey, Casey Affleck plays Boris Bat Pash. Uh, Rami Amalik, Bond villain. We'll talk about him in, in a future Bond episode, plays David Hill. Uh, Kenneth Branagh plays Neil Boers. He's a director, previous collaborator on, in Tenet and in Dunkirk. Uh, and he was also the director of a Marvel film. He directed the, f- the first Thor movie. Uh, Benny Safdie plays Edward Teller. Um, he's the director of Uncut Gems. Uh, his, him mm-hmm. and his brother directed Uncut Gems and Good Times and all those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, both you should watch. They're really I, I've seen Uncut Gems. It's great. Uh, Jason Clarke plays Roger Robb. He's in a bunch of stuff. You've seen him around, and then uh, finally on this list we got Tommy, Tom Conti. Uh, he was also in Dark Knight. So the guy who plays Albert Einstein in this movie. Because Charlie and I were joking last night on the Barbie cast. It was like, why wasn't why was it uh, Michael Caine Albert Einstein? Yeah, that would have yeah. been that would have been great if yeah. uh, if he was a- Einstein. But Robert Michael Caine's not in this movie, and he's been in a ton of 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 his movies. But anyway, and Tom no one Conte, said it
0: specifically. I want you in every movie I ever make. F- yeah. for my career and so you're like you're I like when's he gonna show why? up when's he gonna show up and then he does and he,
2: he doesn't but I, which I think was unfortunate but yeah I recognized him after I saw his actual image I was like oh that's who that guy is so he was in the Dark Knight Rises so remember when Bruce Wayne goes to the prison and it's it's because' uh, Al, you know Alfred's gone at this point so he has to have somebody to talk to and they're mm. you know he creates a character that's kind of the same age of Alfred he's kind of like a a a. A uh, spiritual metaphoric version of alfred at that moment in time he's the guy who who lays all that exposition about like where bane came from and all that stuff so that's and, that and nurse guy. him back to health just like and alfred, nurse, yes would. that guy that guy exactly um and then okay bunch of people not going to talk about who they play we got david uh dat I'm, I'm gonna butcher that's the name i'm gonna butcher uh das Mulichen. Das Mulichand. Uh, I've read a comic book by him. He's great. Uh, he was in the Dark Knight. He also was in Ant Man. You got Dane DeHaan. He was in Chronicle. Uh, Green, Green. He also played the Green Goblin in the Amazing Spider-Man, the last Amazing Spider-Man movie. Um, Aldrin, Alden Ehrenreich. Uh, Again, screwing up names. Han Solo, but also in Charlie's favorite movie this year, Co- Cocaine Bear. Uh, then we got mm-hmm. Tony He's Goldwyn. Be- probably best guy.
0: part of Cocaine Bear, but yeah, go ahead.
2: He is. He is. Tony. Go- well second part i, li- I like the only I good ice part cube junior i like ice cube junior a little bit more uh oh, tony true. Goldwyn. uh i recognized him and i was like wait i saw him in a movie this year he was in plane if you remember we talked about him in plane he's just yeah. he shows up in that movie he's the fixer um, he's
0: like the guy who shows like just what we got to do to get the people back right uh yeah.
2: david uh Crumholtz. uh so that one this one was fun The guy who's Oppenheimer's like best buddy throughout the movie, who kind of shows in and out of the film, he's in Santa Claus. That's that was the head elf in Santa Claus, but now he's gained a bunch of weight. He's he's much older now.
0: He's like a beloved Hollywood actor. He's he's like one of those that everybody's like. I like. I think he's like a just within that circle of people, he's like this beloved actor. He pops up in random stuff all the time, you know. Yeah. But but that's Um, all of us know. He's the one with the. There's a Mrs. Claus, you know, that's.
2: Yeah, that guy, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Um, the Claus the, the Claus, uh, you know, the Claus clause. clause. Yeah. Matthew Modine, again, he was also in Dark Knight Rises, but he was mm-hmm. also in Full Metal Jacket. And I think uh, Nolan has stated that, like, you know, he loves watching Kubrick movies. So It's, it's no surprise that he wanted uh, Matthew Modine in yeah. his, this film. Um, uh, Macon Blair, I, I recognized him because I was like, wait, I know that guy. He was in Blue Ruin, which is also one of my favorite, like, indie, like, low-budget indie films about a guy who who's going on a revenge kick because of, of something that happened with his family. Same guy who, it not that actor, but the director of that movie also did Green Room, which is also fantastic. Um, Michael and, I'm going to butcher another name, Anger Gringo. That is not how you say his name. Remember that kid from Skyfall? He's in this movie. Hmm. He shows up. Uh, Jack Quaid. Was in the boys, Dennis Quaid and Megan Ry- Meg Ryan's son. He was also in Scream Five, but I think they mentioned him in Scream Six for earlier yep. this year. Josh Peck, of course, Drake and Josh. He's done other things, but lately he's kind of having a little bit of a comeback. Olivia, Thirlby, um she—I don't remember where she's in in the movie, but she was in Juno. She was like Juno's best friend in that movie. She, she's Wolf.
0: she's like uh, a uh, big one. Big one is dread she's she's in dread you know judge oh that's right yeah she's in dread yeah 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 yeah. the best yeah
2: alex wolf uh he was in hereditary great movie uh Mm -hmm. we talked his same director who did Bo is afraid uh of course uh who was it uh yeah cordy you said uh gary oldman uh it's fucking gary oldman I, i he's in tons of christopher nolan's movies at this point now but like he has one of the he's, he has one of the moments that are that I it's very quotable. It's like get this crybaby out of here. I love that. Yeah, scene. yeah um, apparently
0: a real quote. He actually said that.
2: Um, Jane, and then of course I'm gonna end with there's way more people on the list of, of actual people in this movie. Some of some of them like I had no idea who they were. I hadn't seen them in other movies. I didn't include them. I apologize if they're gonna watch this and they'll be like why they didn't mention my name. Sorry. These are the people that like stood out to me. But then of course there's James Remar. Favorite movie of his is the Warriors, but he's also in Dexter, and you've seen him in a thousand other things. So yeah. that's that's those that's all I got on Oppenheimer. Again, like I, I told you earlier, like we've got talked about um, you know, the as far as behind the scenes stuff goes, though, it's like, yeah, he used practical effects for most of the movie. And again, if you go watch the movie now, just know that black and white is other person's point of view. Color is Oppenheimer's point of view. Yeah. The
0: moment that um, I saw uh, in the beginning um Oppenheimer's being plagued haunted by uh by visions of just like uh, the quantum realm right the moment right. i saw them i immediately <laughs> went quantum mania this is nolan doing his uh back to interstellar where interstellar was just his like i love you kubrick movie right and mm-hmm. uh and and immediately i was like cuz the big thing about um 2001 a space odyssey is is the go go watch youtube videos on how they achieved the um the like the warp feel like when you're shooting through space right how yeah. they achieved that practically you know where nowadays it's like whatever my 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 screensaver can do that easy but the way they did that practically is bizarre i can't even remember how it was it's, it's like we, sl- had it's sli- material, we had to take this material we had to freeze it we had to do this and then we had to shoot yeah. through it's it's just crazy process to do it's it very the moment i saw that process. stuff in this movie i was like i bet that's all practical i bet he told everybody it's practical he's doing his kubrick thing and, and it's great it's just like
2: my um, guess on how they did that though is if you've ever because i've been on on sets where they'll 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 shoot stuff for um that they can use later in the movie um but i i think what they did was they used water or like uh, a thing of water and they put dots of paint in the water and that's how they did those like those kinds of effects. I think that's what they did. That's my guess. I don't know if sure. that's exactly what they were doing, but it that that to me is what kind of looked like, but yeah. Who knows. But yeah, that's so, stuff yeah, so, very impressive
0: because that whole opening like it's 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 uh it's it's cool, unique, a lot of fun, uh, a story about a physicist, right? Because it is so abstract and you, you uh, it's, it's like the imagination on these guys must be crazy. And then they got equations floating around in their head. So he's just like, one of, one of my favorite scenes is very simple. He's just sitting there in a quiet room and he's picking up glasses and he's throwing them against the wall and just seeing how the particles all bust apart, you know, and, and, and for knowing what comes later, the idea of how uh, a, a nuclear a nuclear McCurdy, a nuclear, uh, a nuclear uh, chain reaction occurs where it's basically like a big object being split into, you know, a, a million smaller objects, like uh, unleashing an incredible amount of energy. So to watch him just trying to visualize that by breaking things, you know, it's just it's whereas nowadays if you're, we never sit around in quiet rooms and just think about stuff, we're just like staring at phones while we're, Taking dumps and whatever, and our ma- imaginations are just focused on this little black box instead of yeah. you know just cool little moments like that. But that's that's like right off the bat. That's just when he's a a student, or he had, I think he had just left his school and uh, a um a, a big in Germany, right? The Kenneth Branagh uh, character was like, "You got to get out of here. Like you're too smart for right. this place." And you
2: know, so right. Um. Uh, so wait, real quick, I want to talk about. So, yeah, I I'm I'm just going to go on with the back. It's like, again, I think this is Christopher Nolan's best movie. And I think and the reason yeah. I say that that's I'm still a, that, I'm still
0: there. That's where I'm still. I at. think
2: this is his best movie. And I, th- there's a couple of reasons I say that um, he has been. So I, after I would say uh, going back, I'm trying to remember which in the order of these movies that come out, that came out. But I think between The Dark Knight Rises and The Dark Knight was like Interstellar, right? Am I correct in saying that? I think it was Interstellar. Is Say that the again. movie that he did? Between the after, Dark Knight... After... No, no, no. That was Inception. Sorry. After Inception, I felt like, if you looked at his filmography between Inception till uh, even the following, I think it, there weren't very many cracks in in, in the scenes of his movies. I think most of his movies were very hard, highly regarded. I think after Inception, even in Inter- like Interstellar, uh, Dunkirk, um, Tenet, uh, or Dark Knight Rises and all those movies. I feel like you start seeing slip slip ups in his, in his filmmaking. I feel like the stories weren't as as tight. Uh, things started slipping on the cracks. I think people weren't really responding to some of the ideas and things that he was, uh, not ideas, but the ways that he was approaching certain things. And I think that that people were criticizing aspects of his filmmaking. I feel like this movie he addresses a lot of those things. and yep. like I'll, I'll, I'll give you examples, right? So one of them was like, uh, you know, last year, not last year, but two years ago, his last film Tenet came out. And I think Tenet really was like trying to be a remake of Inception. But I feel like the idea, the sci-fi elements were almost incomprehensible. Um, I think, uh, you know, Nolan's always been quoted of saying things like, you know, don't don't think about it; just feel it. Which I, I do think uh, sometimes it's like when you watch the movie the first time. I do feel like you sh- tr- should try to do that. But That's I feel exactly like what I said about quantum.
0: Were, you know, when I was talking about editing. It's like don't right. don't try to nitpick. Just yeah, just just, just feel, feel it, the you know. feel
2: what yeah. And so he was trying to say that about Tenet, but I do feel like there uh, people have complained about that in Tenet, right? Um, and I feel like that was something that was just like it was just very complex over this overly complex idea that not everybody just wanted to buy where i think inception sells it very well as far as how he was creating these sci-fi elements and and that sci-fi world another one was dunkirk because i know you've you and i have complained about it you um uh, famously i'll let you talk about it but you recut dunkirk i'll t- let you talk about that but i think with dunkirk it was like The one thing that a lot of people said about the movie is like, you're just witnessing events, but there's no characters in the movie. It's almost just like you're just it's almost like a silent film. You're just seeing stuff happen. But we never really get to know who these characters are. We don't get to hear their backstories. We're not really there for their emotional uh, movies, because like usually in a movie, you see things happen. And then a character kind of has a moment where they're feeling or they're they're like expressing how the events of the previous scene or scenes or the actions that they're taking have affected them emotionally or or internally. And we never really see that in that movie. Um, So there's another thing that I feel like this movie addresses as well. Um, And then I think this has been in a lot of his movies is he is very I think one reviewer that I watched a long time ago would say, you know, he is very arm's length when it comes to, uh, emotions with characters. Like he doesn't really, um, he, you don't get a lot of like deep, uh, emotions with characters. Sometimes you get a little bit of it. Like you see a little bit in Inception, you see it a little bit in Stellar. Um, but it's just like, we, we kind of are more witnessing. We're not engaged in what's actually going on. And I feel it's, like this it, it movie is again more is another story. one.
0: It's generally right. about, it's less about the characters and more about the story generally. Like with, uh, whereas this being a biopic, is specifically about it's it's more about yes. oppenheimer the man than it is about the bomb and but of course all that's there you know but yeah. it's like um i remember after the bomb went off I, and i don't know maybe that was the midpoint but i thought that the bomb going off was going to be like you know and then it would the it would maybe it'd be like another 15 minutes and we'd be done but it, it went on for i think like another hour you know so it does yeah um, it's
2: it's about like the first like like if you think about it the first act is the first act kind of le- It's Okay, it's a three-hour movie. The first Mm. hour is just leading up to him creating the team that becomes um, uh, the Manhattan Project. Like You're seeing that. Again, we're seeing a little bit of what the end of the movie is going to be, but it's like leading up to that. The middle half of the movie, middle part of the movie, sorry, middle part of the movie is building the bomb and then the last part of the movie is repercussions of the building of the bomb, but it's also realizing, finding out that this whole time, this movie that we thought it was just about Him and this atomic bomb turns out no, this is a movie about a character fighting for his uh, for uh, what you described in in Prometheus is like Like McCarthyism. There's
0: McCarthyism McCarthyism. going on and him punishing himself because he's you know, the famous line is and uh, there's there's a literally an entire Linkin Park album dedicated to this line, which is the uh, I have become death, the destroyer of of worlds, and they open up their album with that. Uh, which is hilarious. It's, it's an album all about how we're all, it's called a thousand sons and it's all about just like nuclear annihilation. But the, um, uh, that's like the coolest thing ever where it's, it's it, Hey, uh, Hey, Mr. Oppenheimer, can you tell us a little bit about what it was like? Any, any, he, he quotes the Hindu Bible, just like, you know, uh, which they set up early in yeah. the movie where she's like, you can read Sanskrit. And he, he happens to read that line, but, um, yeah, uh it it's like and it's so if you've never seen it you got to go check it out uh it's, you know i've seen it a million times Obviously, i've heard a million times from this lincoln park album but it's like it's it's just chilling it's not like yeah you know it was a, it was a good time it's 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 like so sullen and quiet and just like introspective and it's like you can he's just staring into the distance just like yeah i i like i did that like i I, I, I gave the means to just like evaporate 200,000 people. Like, what was the question? You know, like he's just, he's just so in his head about it. And that's, that's what this movie was about. It really captured that. And, and that's the thing. It's my initial reaction. My thought was a lot of people will say too much talking. And it was, it was confusing. Like I'll admit I'm like trying to keep up, trying to keep up, but um, but the overall story is like well you were sitting with this person and they had connections to a spy it's all this McCarthyism stuff of just trying to like you know did you give the bomb to the Soviets and um, it's it's it is incredibly complex and it is people just sitting and talking and that's not a bad thing. My point is that's very different from anything he's ever made and that's where people are like I came for the Nolan movie he made Batman and then and then they get this and I and I was but I'm just like, this this is incredible. It it, it is it is yeah. the the scope, the scale. You'd be tempted to say maybe Interstellar was bigger because it's got all the action and all that stuff, but this whole bringing this whole story to life felt like a bigger achievement than than any of the action movies he'd done before and had
2: had significantly
0: more meaning so far as I mean uh, I would say I say most of his angle
2: I feel I've always felt like most of his stuff landed more into the realm of science fiction not as much I mean yeah when people think of the Dark Knight they think of the action but I mean even going back to the Batman Begins like the the fight scenes in Batman Begins are almost non-existent because they were again it was more about like what does it mean to be this this symbol versus like actually like seeing him fight and and that being where you get your sense of enjoyment you get this sense of enjoyment with some of his action movies Mm. through again like you feel it you don't you know you're not thinking about it you're more feeling it but it's more about like these things happened kind of like a weird example is like Wes Anderson when Wes Anderson does violence he he says the event of violence happens and then we move on but it's like the event of violence happens how does it affect the rest of the story yeah and it kind of does that and I feel like that's what he Nolan's done in most of his films They're, they're not like it's not glorifying it's not like John Wick right like John Wick You're there for the violence. You're there for the violence. You want to see the violence. His movies are never about seeing the violence. The violence happens, but it's 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 not. It's like I'm I'm telling you the violence happened because it's a part of the story. Um, and it's not like because again you see the bomb going off, but it's like we're seeing the bomb going off, but we're seeing it how witnessing it affects the people that witness the bomb. So when that bomb went
0: off, dude, I was, I was. I, I, the, the tension of just like, and waiting for, for whatever it was like 90 minutes to yeah. get to that, that moment. I was so, I was balled up and I was, I right. was just like this. I was just like this. And just every, every bit of me was just like so tensed up. And then it, yeah. and then it cut, you know, it cuts to
2: I had what a, is generally
0: um, silence. Right. And you're just seeing everybody reacting, re- reacting to it. Cause the, and something that I kind of thought that he, he might've played out directly um, but he didn't. What he did was it was everybody cheers. It's just like we did it. It's this big celebration all the way up yeah. till they're they're hoisting him up like he just won the championship basketball game, right? Uh, the full line is um, uh, he's he's you know when it's like what do you uh, how was it? How was the experience? He's like few people laughed, few people cried, most were silent, and then he and then he goes into how his first thought was you know, the, the, the Hindu Bible line. But, uh, uh, that is so incredible. Uh, p- some people were laughing. Some people were crying. Most were silent. That's not what this movie was, but if that's accurate, that's, that's always been my vision of it. And I kind of thought that that's what we would see is some people being like, what have we done? You know? And
2: yeah. then other people no, that, being no. like,
0: we did, we did, can you believe this? <laughs> And then other, did, and then yeah. most people just being like solemn, like that was nuts. Like what? What are? What have we done? This movie instead was just like, fuck you. everybody. Like I
2: think people started fucking. I think people started. Yeah, there are people like sleeping with each other, and they're like making out on yeah. the bleachers. But, like like, a but we see, yeah. but, but like he's like, like you see all the this the range of emotions after the effect. You remember that? Like that scene's great because it's like, like you, it's a weird scene because it's like it's he gets up and he's front of the entire. Um, Manhattan Project. Everybody on the on the staff, the Manhattan Project. He gets up in front of him is like you know, he's saying like we did it and all this stuff. And I think no. this is after, the, if I'm correct, this Just is wish we could have dropped it on the bomb? Germans,
0: and they're like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
2: But, USA, like, but his, you know, but you see, it's like that. It's almost like we, because of how Nolan uses sound in this movie, which I want to get to as well, yeah. because he how he uses sound and how he's using everything in the close up. It's like you see it that he's like saying it, but like you can yeah. tell like he's not feeling it he's got something like you, else on the, movie kinda, the movie kind of the movie kind of hints at like something else is stewing in the back of his mind and yeah. i and i and there was a quote that i read about nolan in this movie as he was talking about one of the things he wanted to express is how um it takes a while uh to uh confront your con, to confront your um what's the word i'm looking for um the consequences of your actions they confronting those mm. things because it doesn't ta- it doesn't happen immediately and like yeah. you kind of see that with this movie is that he is uh he's created this bomb and he's just like in the moment it's like it's almost numb because he's just like i can't believe we did this but not really like feeling and understanding emotions and of course yeah. like the, the we get time jumps and we get the cry baby scene but it's like you start to seeing like oh my god what the hell did i do like i i yeah. i was i was so focused on like you know, rest saving the war and like my own personal feelings about the Nazis and all this other stuff. I wasn't thinking about the implications of what this means for the future. And that's like the set. That's like the spooky he, note. At he the end was of the movie.
0: he was the whole time. And and you can argue that, you know, it, it didn't hit him until he saw it. No, he knew he knew from the beginning. But the whole idea is like it's inevitable. You know, right. it is inevitable because, I, I saw i was watching uh i watched a, a video um i found some channel this physicist who like he specifically put out an oppenheimer he's like the physics of of oppenheimer um but i i i had researched it previously i think for a bond episode or whatever mm-hmm. um fission and fusion and all that fun stuff but and like right. how the chain reaction occurs but um but uh he um uh uh sorry lost train of thought he's um he, it, the, uh, somebody commented on that video saying, I just, I don't understand humanity. We, we need more peace and w- politicians should talk to each other and, and there shouldn't be war. And, and, and I'm like, buddy, how old are you? You know, are, are you like 14, 15? I get it. I've been there, but like some, a movie like this, that's a heavy theme where it's once the gun is created, like once you create a sword, once you invent the firearm, yeah, It's invented the, 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 you know, that's the, uh, that's the Promethean theme, which is fire exists, right? Anything that's Promethean, essentially what it means is it can be used as a tool and a weapon. It, it's the classic, like, uh, you know, farmers, the war comes, they, they recast their uh, pitchforks and tools and whatever into weapons. Um, take a, take anything, like take Anything that can be used as a tool, and you can also kill somebody with it. So that's, that's Promethean. And so this, he knew from the get-go. Because in that first scene where it's, um, oh, there's this paper. They split the atom, right? We, uh, these, these German physicists, they, they split the atom. Everybody now knows it's possible to make a bomb. And people go, no, no, no. We need to turn this into uh, uh, like energy. This could be free energy for everybody. Somebody. All it takes is one butthead to make the bomb. And they will, if they can, they will. So we have to make the bomb. And now it's a race. That's, that's the pull. That's the draw to this movie right. that, that, and and cause that's again, that, that is the Prometheus story. It's like the best telling of the Prometheus story ever, you know, forget about that space movie. This is, this is the one. Yeah. Um, so I love that. And speaking of consequences, that was one of my favorite lines of the film. I said it last night, but um, uh when he was he was crying about i think that he was crying about the death of his girlfriend and uh yeah. his wife says you don't get to, you don't get to commit the sin and then expect the rest of us to feel sorry for you when there are consequences and so that's the thing right like oh,
1: that's the yeah. theme
0: that is the main theme and you know obviously i like that because that's that's my whole just kind of moral philosophy is that a lot of times people today are like well i we i, I should be able to do whatever i want and you go yeah but People figured out a long time ago that if you do that enough, something bad might happen. I drink too, I, I drink on these shows, you know. If I get—if I get like—if if my liver ends up killing me, uh, that's my fault, right? But that's the whole thing. Like ancient wisdom says, you, you shouldn't do this. You know, gluttony, greed, sloth, envy, wrath, pride, lust—you should avoid those things. And people go, "Oh no, that was superstition." They commit the sin, bad things happen. And then they they get angry. And so that, that line just hit, not just with me personally, resonated with me personally, but with the whole movie. That's the whole theme. So I love that. Um, real quick though, you asked me about um Dunkirk and and Yeah, we talked about Dunkirk, because you edited
2: um, yeah, yeah, you talk I know we we this is like off kind of off topic because you had told me a long time ago, like I remember when Dunkirk came out and I was like, I actually I, I enjoyed Dunkirk, I thought it was a great movie as far as like Wow, this is kind of like watching a silent film, mm. uh, but it's like a modern version of a silent film, and I still I still enjoyed it, but I, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as many of those my other versions. Films. Better, uh, but you made a version that you took to yeah. another film, and then you, which would had Gary Oldman soon and... after.
0: I because I I remember I remember leaving Dunkirk because Dunkirk on its face, you're like no way, Nolan is 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 doing this you know historical uh, action drama call it. Uh, about Dunkirk. Dunkirk is one of the greatest moments of World War II. I can't wait. The trouble is this. What is, the, what is the story of Dunkirk? It's just a bunch of guys standing on a beach and then eventually boats show up. And it's, it's incredible. That's an incredible tale. But so far as a movie goes, there's not much there to work with, right? And so he did the, the editing blender. But the editing blender began, in my estimation, with The Dark Knight. I don't think up until that point, had he done that other than like, you can argue Memento was one of those. And, you know, well, like, fall- like, no, I mean, I, but,
2: I, 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 even wrote this down. I think he did that way back. I mean, he's been doing this since the fall. He, since he's been fall- playing I.
0: with editing forever, but specifically what I mean is when, when he did Dunkirk, it was like, um, sorry, sorry, sorry. When he did the dark night, that was the first time that it was like, okay, here's like three or four things going on at once and we're cross-cutting all around the place right then he like perfected that with inception where it was cross-cutting a- around all these different dreams and and it's just like that's th- i mean that's what makes that movie so but there's like again yeah, there's
2: like a time element to that one as well yeah. but
0: yeah I, but I then then it was it it was like by the time he was doing that in interstellar i was like that's a misstep right there because you're you have the whole movie you have this incredible space stuff going on and you should cut back to home But it was done so much. And then eventually it was it was uh, by the at the climax. It's totally forced where it was like, okay, I want to do my crazy cross cutting thing again. So I'm going to have Casey Affleck uh, like he's going to beat them up. He's going to punch them in the face. Right. And so we got to go set the field on fire. And like, meanwhile, McConaughey's in space doing amazing space stuff, and I'm like, let's just stay there. This is this is better than like this manufactured tension that back on Earth, Casey Affleck's going to be mad that they set the field on
2: fire. I don't remember this. I don't remember this aspect of the movie. I I I just remember. I think it's got. I do remember the one thing I do remember about that movie is I do remember that he. I think what he was trying to do is again he was doing the same thing he was doing with Inception is playing with time. And I think, yeah. um, and he he does it with all of he literally does it with all of his movies. I think I I would say that to a degree. I think the Dark Knight and uh, Dark Knight Rises he he kind of strays away from it, making the movies much more linear. But yeah. um, but with this movie, and sorry, with Interstellar, what I'm from what I remember. Is that movie deals with time in a very uh, literal sense because like because he's traveling farther in, and yeah. in the way that time dilates with with uh, time travel or with that whole space scene travel where they go down speed. to one planet, they come back and the and guy's like, comes aged back. by like so they, 10 years. Yeah, right. So he's playing with that and then he has to cut back because we're trying to match these stories. But there's also this really weird convoluted thing with like when he travels into whatever that weird realm was um, it's like he he was the he was the thing in the beginning of the movie that the daughter kept seeing in the bookshelf the the ghost again it's also kind of like it kind of weird wraparound yeah uh, stuff but but that that
0: whole thing though then culminates in uh, her getting the the information through the watch which and all that's great but then she runs out to Casey Affleck who apparently was like gonna murder her five seconds ago and she's like dad's in the Mm -hmm. watch and they awkwardly hug I the first time I saw that I was I was like huh? Was that, was that a misstep in a Nolan movie? Was that a horrible misstep? Like these movies are not not perfect. After you watch them 50 times, you can, you can start to poke holes, but, but really um, solid. And especially the first time you watch them. And, and every time I've watched it since, I'm like, that's just the worst part of the movie. It's, it's easily forgiven because the rest of it's so incredible, but, but it's my point being that it it's him being like, well, I love doing the cross cutting, so I'm going to do mm-hmm. that. But but it was just contrived manufactured tension. So anyway, that then goes into Dunkirk where because I think Dunkirk was the next one. And uh and it, it's the yeah, story I is so. a bunch of guys standing on a beach and then getting picked up by boats. So there isn't that much to work with unless you're just going to stand on the beach with them for a while. So it turned mm-hmm. into put the movie in an edit editing blender. um, uh it's it's confusing as hell the first time you watch it it's like almost unwatchable the first time and then once you you're like okay and then and i i i took the movie and i unraveled it i put it into chronological order um because i had seen um uh i had i had seen darkest hour and was like this is fantastic i'm i'm sitting in the theater going this is perfect i'm going to cut this with dunkirk and i'm going to save dunkirk because dunkirk uh, what darkest hour didn't have was the consequences of everything that um uh that 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 was going on like um Jesus Christ oh God Gary Oldman's character Churchill Ch- Churchill's like um <laughs> he yeah, plays he, Churchill he, he, he's and he's plays truman yeah right it's, yeah that's <laughs> great. Played, it's, played, it's great
2: it's great that's great yeah
0: yeah um if it would have been uh, remember he had a conversation with FDR so it would have been hilarious if he
2: played FDR instead of Truman, you know, for whatever
0: reason. But anyway, so, um, so, uh, back on track, he, uh, what it didn't have was it had all the incredible Churchill stuff, which is good on its own. Darkest hour is fantastic on its own. Dunkirk didn't have that, that like, um, uh, it had the editing blender and it just didn't have anything going on. It was better to just take the action of Dunkirk and transplant it over into darkest hour where, something happens we cut to Dunkirk because there's a ticking clock going on in both movies so uh you know literally it's like tick 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 is a soundtrack so um it they're better together because it has the it has a central character to hook you and then it has like here are here's an illustration a direct illustration of the consequences so uh i love my cut um but Dunkirk itself i've i've never watched again I've, i've seen it several times and obviously when i edit something i'm like intimately attached to it but um it's uh It's just not, it's, it's, it's very much overhyped. And I put it in the same kind of like OHMSS category where it's like, it's good, but it's overhyped because it's so, uh, it's so, um, vague. I've said before, like, I, you know, vague genius, right. Where the Mm -hmm. idea is if we just make it confusing enough, people will assume that it's brilliant and, uh, you know. I, I did I I caught zero of that in this. I'm I'm looking out for it. Where it's like, is there going to be any vague genius here? Because from the beginning, they're kind of all over the place with the editing. Um, it is it is non it's 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 non linear at times, but it is largely linear. So, right. um, and can get confusing. And I, I think somebody said it's it's like it's kind of too. Uh, it's it's somebody posted in the Discord. I think it was like Critical Drinkers said it's like too labyrinth for uh, it, 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 when you say labyrinth like that, is it like labyrinth? I don't know, but uh, it's it's labyrinthian. Sure, it's almost, it, sure. It's like almost that, yeah, too yeah. complicated for its own good. But but I I was I was okay with it. I, I that's the one thing I would say, like fair fair. Well, it, I was it was feeling it. it was uber complex. Were you, were you, but, you feeling it? But I, there were
2: there was stuff that I wasn't keeping up with as far as the AEC because I was like I was yeah. trying to keep up with it. And, and okay, so I wanted to go. Finishing off with what you were talking about. You guys, First hit, off. let's get rid of this. First comment. off, you guys, you you guys
0: yeah, you guys, if you want my edit, I'll send it to you. Just hit me up in the Discord.
2: Yeah, well, yeah,
0: Charlie, Charlie has the, I'm sorry, I,
2: I tried to take it down myself. I've been, do- um, I,
0: like, I had a whole, I had a successful YouTube account or, like, a Vimeo account with a bunch of followers, and it got nuked, so it, I, I made it a little harder to find you
2: my see- stuff. If want to see... Yeah, Charlie's got a bunch of different other cuts of other movies. If you want to talk about it, uh, talk about it on the Discord. Um, yeah. Uh, so, okay, you were talking about editing Blender. I will. I'm. I am arguing that you're wrong in that he doesn't blend it in the edit. He does it in the script before he puts it out in the edit. So he, sure, he writes sure, sure. his movies in that way. Yeah. Um. With the following, with following, which is his very very first movie. Um, there's a lot. Like I told you this the other night, I was like, "This r- movie reminded me of his first movie." And you're like, "What do you mean by that?" I, yes, um, I want to hear this. So, so, like, okay. So the following is a story about a guy who follows people because he's a writer, and he just wants to know what people are up to. He just he follows people. He's just curious, and he uses his for his writing. The that movie also starts off with interrogation, essentially, because this is kind of what this movie does. Is there's mm-hmm. a lot of of scenes where it's it's uh you know him being interrogated by the united states government about the events him and strauss is about like what happened why did you do this why did you do that straw is it yeah because he doesn't he mentions that and he says he's like yeah i don't i go back to the the southern
0: pronunciation southern
2: pronunciation straws yeah yeah so he so again in following that's how that movie begins is that he's sitting the main character sitting with the police you don't realize it's the police right away and he's asking him like how did all this happen and you don't understand what the end of the movie is yet like the nolan does that's one of nolan's tricks is he doesn't give you all the pieces you're kind of figuring out the puzzle as it goes on and it 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 does something fun with the revelation because like even when i try to write screenplays something i have learned is like it's better not to give out all that information at hand let the audience figure out what is going on? That that mm. gets you a little more engaged than just being like, this is his occupation, and everything. You can figure that stuff out with the clues and the hints as to what he's yeah. doing. So anyway, that movie's about him following people. What ends up happening, like much like most crime noir films, is that he gets into something he shouldn't have gotten into. So he ends up meeting another burglar. That's who he starts following. And the burglar uh, meets him who's actually his name's Cobb. Which remember, if you watch Inception, it's the same character's name. There's a lot mm-hmm. of similarities between those two films for yeah. obvious reasons. Um, he meets Cobb. Cobb dupes him into taking on the same jobs that he does. But it's not until the end of the movie that you find out that Cobb's actually played the main, the protagonist of that movie since the beginning of his meeting. And I felt like when I watched this movie, there were similarities between the stories. They, it's not... I, it's obvious it's not a one-to-one one's about a guy who you know made the you know the biggest the worst weapon of the of of human history versus this is just about a guy who's wandering around but the thing that i it, that i was like oh yeah that's like following was uh we find out that straws is that how i said I pronounce that pronounced yeah it's Strauss. like straws
0: like could hey i'm at mcdonald's Strauss. can you get me an extra straw yeah straws
2: stalls yeah. anyway you find out because in the beginning of the movie you just think he's just a witness to the events and he is just another another um, another person's point of view the movie reveals once we get past the bomb exploding or the the trinity sorry not the bomb but the trinity and and him leaving the bo- uh sending the bombs over to the united states there's a quick turn where you find out oh he's the villain of this movie he's the mm-hmm. one who's put he's put oppenheimer in this position that he's in it's him that is is doing all the stuff, and you learn it's almost like a uh, uh, you know usual suspects type turn, but it happens much earlier in the movie where it's like, oh my god, he's the one who's orchestrated this thing because something Oppenheimer said in public, and it, it's actually well documented that 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 everything that happened in the movie kind of did actually happen. I don't know the exact details exactly what was said because they say it in the movie, and I'm I still am wrapping my head around I'm like whose position was what, but the idea is essentially that. He kind of uh, made, you know, made of a mockery of him uh, publicly, and he never forgave him for that. So when he and I had to read up on this. So Strauss, uh, he was a Republican who was the head of the AEC under Eisenhower. Uh, Eisenhower wanted to uh, appoint him as secretary of commerce. So what you find out is the movie is all framed under that initial part cuz he did appoint him to him but it was before the next legislative session so then when the legislative session came around that's what this movie is is where they're questioning uh they're 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 questioning like oh are you a good candidate for that position yeah. and then it's revealed that it's like this there it reveals that in the movie that this guy that the whole movie Oppenheimer kept dismissing him and throwing his clipboard and all this other stuff this guy actually saves his butt in the thing where he says, "Well, I shouldn't say saves him, but he, he, you find out he's been an ally this entire time. And he comes out and says, yeah, Strauss is the guy who basically took Oppenheimer's position away because of something that happened to him years ago. And it's almost like pointing out like you, this was like uh, schoolboy antics about something that, that yep. had you did it to the guy who gave us our greatest weapon. It's like yeah. giving it to the, the, the guy who, is, yeah, the guy who who's the war hero, incredible
0: thing. the guy they lifted up on, on, you know, the guy who was the war hero, like, this you guy know.
2: did, this guy was an asshole to the guy who was the war hero. That that's yeah. kind of like the gist, like the, the simplest version. just like Yeah, because the whole thing season. is like, uh, are you a
0: commie? Did you give the bomb to the Soviets? And that it turns out that was all manufactured by this guy who just because he called him a ham sandwich. You know, or like he said, something, he's like, yeah, it was something he's like, like that. he's like more useful than less useful than this or the,
2: but that's the more useful than I a ham sandwich or whatever. I, that scene where, so like, yeah, he says all that. And when, when, uh, uh, my, one of my, my favorite part of the movie was actually it's, it's towards the end. It's almost the very end of the movie. And it's when he, he meets his defeat and he's talking to Han Solo. I'm going to say Tony Stark and Han Solo. And you know, Tony Stark's up and he's like, he's reeling of his defeat because he's just like he keeps saying, They've turned me, they've turned everybody against me. He did this, he told Einstein this and, and all this yeah. stuff. And he's like, obviously, he's very you can see in that scene, he's being very egotistical. He thinks that everybody everything, he's the center of attention and everybody's doing all this stuff to him. And my favorite line in the movie is like, maybe they weren't talking about you. Maybe they were talking about something more important. And I love that. that I was like, because that was my favorite part. I was just like, and then when he reveals like what he actually said, what him and Einstein were saying, I was like. In in typical Nolan fashion. That was my favorite thing. Which,
0: you know, and if it was like um, uh, Inception, it would have been like you cut just before he says it, You're like, what'd he say? You know, like, yeah, like, yeah, top. yeah. But no, he, you hear it. And you know, it was just, um, again, we're an hour in, so shouldn't be any spoilers, but the, in the very beginning, the, his, when he walks by uh, Einstein, Einstein doesn't acknowledge him. And he's just kind of staring down like this again, like uh, uh, some few people laughed, few people cried, same type of just staring thousand yards mm-hmm. there. And so, but, and he's like, he said something bad about me and, and he, because <laughs> the whole thing is that yeah. Oppenheimer is very arrogant. That's the, uh, he the reminds thing, me of, he, he doesn't play it of, very arrogant, but it's your reputation is that you're very arrogant. Right. And so, um, so um, what's he the, thinks, what's the, hold
2: on. What's the David Lean movie with um, it that takes place in the desert. And I'm, I'm blanking on, on the movie's title. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia. La- Lawrence he reminded of Arabia? me of, War- of yeah, Arabia.
0: Lawrence of Arabia
2: get at it. that's not the movie you watched <laughs> that movie last night we all know it anyway the three hour porn epic Lawrence yeah. of Arabia no but what I was saying was that actually as I was watching the movie he did remind me a lot of if you've seen uh, Lawrence of Arabia like they 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 don't mince words in that movie that he was this arrogant guy who's yeah. very like very full of himself but he was very like very uh, smart the things that he did very smart guy but he's yeah. very full of himself that remind I mean that's the thing about Oppenheimer is like it reminded me of that character because he was like, he's the smartest guy in the room and he lets you know it that he's the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that that was something that I saw the, those two connections. Sorry, didn't continue because you were talking about how. He well, was the, so
0: the perception he's very arrogant. that he said something to Einstein to turn Einstein against him. And that's the that's right. the paranoia like, you know, but but really all it was. Uh, And it was was such a perfect ending because, you know, and obviously you had the the parallel of, you know, it's like the movie opens with him opening his eyes and closes with him, closing Mm -hmm. his eyes, you know, whatever. Cool. But the main idea being um, that guilt and how he at the beginning that he says, he's like, remember when I came to you at the beginning of the movie, Mr. Einstein, and I had those calculations where and this is, of course, real that they didn't know that when they tested the bomb, they didn't know for sure that they weren't going to destroy the planet. It was like, we might ignite the atmosphere on fire and kill everybody. Like we might end humanity. And so, um, uh, so he, he says at the end, he's like, remember when I came to you at the beginning of the movie and I asked you, I gave you the calculations and, and uh, it it was like, uh, who knows, maybe we'll destroy the world. And he says, I think we did. You know, because because that's the thing, the 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 existential dread that went on for decades afterwards and and still should be in play. But, you know, none of us worry about a nuke taking us out these days. Maybe we should. You know, there's there's all there's a history of all these um, uh, mishaps and and, (laughs) frankly, miracles where we all should be dead. Like mutual accidental launches almost happened. And you can look into that yourself. Um, oh, and, and SB, that's that's, good, that's, on, that's what he one. brought in, that's what he ushered into the world. Um,
2: as said, he's like, there's a Lawrence of Arabia moment when he removes the military suit for his suit and hat. I, you're, you're, okay. yeah, like, because he does that in the movie where he's like, he's in his military garb and then he, he takes on the garb of, he makes
0: like a big, yeah, like a big point of putting on, the he hat made, he, the
2: he changes what he's wearing and, and stuff to in Lawrence Arabia, sorry, but yes, yeah, yeah. I, I agree totally, totally. Yeah. Um, uh okay so there was one thing i was going to ask you your opinions on because uh i don't remember i think it was on sound of freedom or something we were talking about sex and movies and i know you and nans were like i don't see it necessary and i i would stay quiet because i think it has a place in film sometimes i think that's a huge it depends it, it, you're right. And I. And here's mm. the thing. there's it's Famously, course, this like, is the first, like, there's
0: there's boobies in a Nolan movie. Like, that's never been the he case. Doesn't, never, yeah, been and his, he, he's never had to rely on that. He's always he's been too classy. To but here's the thing. I this think was necessary, is, I would say. He was
2: classy. I loved. He's because, a womanizer. Uh, Oppenheimer was a movie, womanizer. How are you going to have a womanizer before, and not,
0: you know, dig before into Before the it?
2: movie starts. Or, sorry, before. What was I trying to say? Before. um, Let me just jump to the chase. My one of my favorite one of my favorite scenes is uh, when he's in the room and he's getting t- interrogated by, um, you know, or, or whatever. They're having this court case that isn't a court case, the, yeah. the kangaroo trial that he's having. Um, uh, and, you know, they're 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 you know they're really looking into all of his background and stuff and then he has to reveal he, they're humiliating and they have to reveal about his his uh, affair that he had yeah. with this other woman that he had met prior to knowing his wife yeah um and and i lo- oh my god i loved that scene because mm-hmm. not because Florence Pugh was naked but because of of leading into that scene because at first he's talking about this and then the camera does this really great thing where he, like just it, it, over, yeah, it goes behind the guy's
0: head and you're like you're going normally when you see that in a movie you're like wait wait like i can't they're see they're shifting
2: the perspective they, I can't because they can't see when and you know yeah.
0: sometimes you care if the camera's moving fast you don't care but when it's really slow you're like nolan what are you doing why don't shifts, you cut but once it comes out from the other side of naked. this guy's
2: head he's naked and you're like Oh, <laughs> you know, he like was for. I love, that. I love that because he's naked. Because then you're like, oh my god, that's how you feel in those moments. Because you're mm. you're exposed. Your deepest darkest darkest secrets are exposed. Yeah. And then I love from the wife's perspective because she's looking at him mm. and all she can see is him having sex with this woman. Yeah. In like suddenly, in goes, suddenly the woman shows oh, up oh, and she's oh,
0: she's on him. She's riding him. Yeah. and And uh the wife is looking at it and and they're just staring at each other. It, it was a it was like grotesque and. It it's, was. It was like. It was like a Kubrick, horror. Movie it's very moment. Kubrick.
2: It's like a very Kubrick moment. Yeah, you know, it reminded me of The Shining a little bit, and I thought yes. it's like, like, like that. Yeah, that and it's. It's like I don't think that moment would have worked if we didn't have the sex scene earlier in the movie because this yeah. that kind of just that sets the stage. It just says yes. This movie. It, when you have a scene like that, and, and I and I feel like this is true with cussing in movies. I feel like it's true in a lot of things. You always need to uh, prompt your audience that. This is the world that you're going to have. These are the things that you're going to see in the movie, so that you're a little more prepared and it doesn't feel like it's coming from left field. Because if we didn't have that sex scene earlier in the movie where we actually do see, um, you know, full frontal nudity and uh, like it's very kind of like in your face uh, sex, we didn't see that. Then when we got to that moment, it would have been even more of a shocker, but not in a good way because we would have felt like that's that felt weird. But I I like that they did it earlier in the movie. Uh, establishes the relationship. It establishes like the significance of of their of how they they get together and all this stuff. Yeah. Um but if we didn't again if we didn't have that scene in the beginning. If we didn't have the first sex scene, second sex scene that was the the one that was like, oh that one's artistically that, that was like meaningful. That meaningful. was great and that, 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 was that meaningful would have been and my thing.
0: Like that's the thing. When when we all heard oh there's gonna be boobies in a Nolan movie um Im- immediately I'm like it's Nolan He's not going to waste it. He's not doing it just to do right. it. He already knows you're going to go see the movie because he's like, you know, he's a hyped director. He, he doesn't need to trick you into going to see his movie because he's got boobies. That's the type of trash that you see in, in you know, some other trashy director who they just put in the meaningless, pointless sex scene because, you know, the producer, the pervert producer is like, we have to get because we got to get asses in seats. So it was it was easily predicted that it would be for a purpose, and right. and it was. Hell yeah, it was. Yeah. You know, like, trust in I, Chris.
2: I liked it. I yeah. liked what they did. That was yeah, great. for sure. Um, um, Trying to think of other things to talk about with this movie. Yeah, but did I even follow? finish my following bit about being duped and the protagonists being duped? I think I did. I think I, I got my point across about how I felt like this movie reminded me a lot of the following towards that second, that last half of the movie, uh, or the yeah. last, sorry, last last part but but yeah. um i think i've talked about the movie enough there i'm like i think i want to rank this and, and i have honestly, one
0: one quick question though because for forever you always heard about the idea of com- compartmentalization as applied to uh the man oh, yeah. Project. I, talk just, about that because and, i
2: i have no idea yeah go ahead okay
0: because the whole thing you know anytime i've ever heard it spoken of you know the the, the idea of compartmentalization is that you have um like take like a terrorist cell or something and it's like Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, like maybe a few people know all the facts, but you split up enough stuff to kind of like spread out. Like if one cell, one terrorist cell is taken down, they don't know enough uh, to to sell out all the other guys or whatever, right? You compartmentalize all the information. Like uh, right. a visual representation of this would be, and speaking of Iron Man, speaking of Mr. Tony Stark uh, in yeah. this movie, um, he, when, he's, when he's taken by the terrorists and he's living in that cave, and he makes all those drawings. He makes a whole bunch of different drawings, but when you layer all the drawings oh, on top of each other, yeah, yeah, yeah. that the real design shows up. So you split them all up, you compartmentalize them, and nobody's going to find out that you're trying to build a super weapon. Same concept here. Um, but there was consistently this, uh, this joke, kind of, about, like, was it truly compartmentalized? And it's not like... Um, there's two levels to it, because it's like... In the beginning, I was like, OK, wait, are they is, are is are they about to imply that nobody that came on knew that they were working towards a bomb or or what they're doing is that they're splitting up enough of it so that no one person can just be like this. Here's Soviets. Here's the designs. But they all knew yeah. they were making a bomb. That's that's the question I have. Yeah, they yeah. all knew they were making a bomb. I don't think th- I think that's I don't think that's up for debate i kind of thought that that was you know through the his my knowledge of it beforehand was that maybe that was a possibility that they would have some people maybe that's true with like the refining plant right it's like what do you do at the refining plant in tennessee or whatever we're we're, we're enriching uranium we don't know why we're just doing it you know that's compartmentalization and so right. that's the fascinating stuff seeing how they designed it it's like in like movies like this are so cool because it's, it's there's a lot it's, to talk about well oh, like the movie really, itself, no, I, I have one thing like, to talk about I, the achievement of the movie about. though the achievement that this movie is is only outshined by the achieve the actual achievement it's showcasing where it's like yeah they they had they just gave they gave this guy which the whole thesis of the movie is that the, maybe he wasn't the best guy for the job on paper but he was the best he was the only okay, guy for i want to talk job. about
2: that i want to talk about that real quick so there's something that i okay. i thought about as you were talking about car- car- compartmentalization and the spies and all that stuff, because that is a, a, a good chunk of the last half of the movie, right? So, I did think about this after the fact, now that you're saying this, and I was like, okay, so there's the scene. One of the, Okay, so one of the scenes in the movie, um, Matt Damon, Matt Damon, he's the army general that was in, in charge of uh, Los Alamos that was yeah. corresponding with Oppenheimer um, during that. And uh, he... They bring him in and they're questioning him because they're they're questioning it because basically that whole all that stuff is about. Just So audience knows all that is for his security clearance that he had like a very high Oppenheimer had a very high uh, security clearance for a very long time, even after the war. Right. And then it gets revoked by straws because straws is 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 he's basically a, he's a baby. He's a baby. Right. Yeah. Um, and but they bring him in as a as a witness to Oppenheimer. And of course the question in, in very lawyery speak thing, it's like, did, was he the right person for the job? Did you, did, what does he fall under the guidelines for this? Because they're basically trying to make the case that he doesn't because he has communist ties, right? Yeah. They say, or they had say, would team.
0: you hire him now? And he's yeah. like, and he on, says, because they're like, a law the movie was does, passed, a regulation right. was passed. And, and he's right. like, well, that regulation didn't occur back when I hired him. Yes. But if you hired him today, would you still do it? And he's like, Technically but, I have to say no I wouldn't but right. this this dude No 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 but remember he's awesome you know Remember you you I mean. think
2: am I wrong in thinking that if tell me if I'm wrong but I do remember like he does show up earlier in the movie that same scene we see another version of that same scene but we don't see the rest of it so we see like up until a point where it's like he's saying uh he's saying no I wouldn't hire him and then like later it's revealed I wouldn't hire him but and then we see that the second part is like, but I wouldn't have hired any of those guys. I now, I, I honestly don't remember, but I wouldn't. There's be a, there's a connection between this movie now, and there's a connection with the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises. Can you guess what that connection would be? Story wise, think about story. Don't think about Dark the characters. And Dark
0: Knight Rises.
2: So think about okay. So one remember in the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises, there's a part in the Dark Knight because in that story, uh, you know. Uh, Commissioner Gordon or Lieutenant Gordon gets his own division uh, to fight violent crime. He's supposed to chase after the Batman because after the events of Batman begins, he gets his own division. He, he moves up in the world because they have, they have gotten rid of some of the corruption that was in the the Gotham city police. Right. And in that movie, they, it's very kind of stated that he uh, hired a bunch of dudes that were corrupt. Right. He hired all these other police officers that were corrupt that, he, that became his special unit and it's that's and you see why because as the movie goes on like one of them is like the they were going to my, the mob chases after her because she's like, oh they were getting to my hospital bill so I had to do this thing mm-hmm. for them they, they forced me to do this. You find out one of the other guys you know uh, led some uh, revealed something to the mob so that the Jokers plan could So there's all these little pieces where you see where there was cracks in Gordon's yeah. unit right yeah. And then the third movie, uh, you know, Bane reveals all this information to everybody, but like, b- there's a moment in Dark Knight Rises where, he, yeah, but there's a moment in Dark Knight Rises where he's having a conversation with, with Nolan's version of Robin about mm-hmm. like, why did you do this? And he's like, listen, I was fighting the mob. Like, he's I telling him, to, Look, I was fighting the mob. You weren't I, daring, I, you I didn't have bitch. a choice. Yeah, but he's also saying. But remember, he's saying I didn't have a choice. I had to get the best. These were the best that I could get. Get and like that's what I ended up with. So I had to use what I had at my. Plunge your hands in
0: the filth. You know. But yeah,
2: but remember this movie kind of talking about a very similar theme because that's something that Oppenheimer is telling uh, the Americans. He say, "Look, the Germans' problem is that they have this. They're racist. They don't believe. They don't. They think. They think." Quantum science is Jewish science. They, because of Hitler's, you know, ideology, he won't, he won't, you know, he's not going to listen to a bunch of Jews who know all this science and that are very intelligent, but America is very different. We're going to want every, you want the best minds, regardless of their backgrounds, right? I don't give a shit about like your thought process on government, on your political beliefs. We need everybody. Yeah. We need them all because we got to make this thing happen because we have
0: to. We don't have a choice. We're all going to die. Like we're we're all right. it's so easy for everybody today to, to take for granted uh, things like like, you know, anybody complaining that we dropped the bomb in general. It's like, dude, you weren't there. You don't right. understand the circumstances like I, I've I read both. People's History of the United States and uh, Patriots History of the United States, which I think was written in response to that, because the whole thing with Howard Zinn's uh, People's History is um, like it's 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 unfortunately one of those books. that's just like it's supposed to make you kind of hate your country and whether whether or not that was the intention, I don't know. But that's kind of the reputation it has. And one of the things it says is it's like, well, did you know because that's always how it starts? Right. Did you know that actually? uh, the, um, we didn't need to drop the bomb. We only did it because we wanted to have, uh, we wanted Japan's resources. And we, if, if we wouldn't have dropped it, uh, that quickly, uh, then we would have, we would have had to split Japan with the Russians or something. So we wanted Japan for ourselves. So, so we, um, uh, uh, we dropped the bomb needlessly and it's like, that's, same thing. I was never, I was Robin. never, I was never no under that. Than Robin, Robin being like, well, your hands look pretty filthy to me. It's like, dude, Robin, you weren't there, dude. Everybody, everybody <laughs> thought, Robin. everybody thought that like, yeah, like the, um, the European theater had already ended, you know, Hitler was dead. And and so, but, but the idea of, um, and they say it in this where, you know, again, the books, like it's, it's a, it's a myth that, that a million would have died. No, no, like invading Japan would have, that was the decision was just like we can invade Japan and it's going to be a mess. And when you're you're the president, you're like, the, you remember, the whole thing is like orphans and widows, orphans and widows. Um, people are very pro war until they they have until they see their sacrifice and then they start to turn or whatever. So it's that or we can just drop this bomb, you know, and at the same time, show everybody else we have this bomb, you know, it's a statement as well. So yeah. it's it, it's a no fucking brainer and it's easy just like a lot of things in general people Mm -hmm. whatever it may be pick your pick your issue of the day and people are like well back in the day they should have known better okay that's very easy to say
2: living in the
0: peace yes the peace that has existed the relative peace because we've had skirmishes and you know little wars but we haven't had a world war since Mm -hmm. 1945 we've all lived this relatively peaceful in this relatively peaceful era and um uh and it's because of this it is directly caused by this this what we saw uh, transpire in this movie and and so i think stories like this are important to put it in context you know and you'll always have your people that are like it's lies it's yeah it's not well i think human nature
2: right and i think um i think this movie this is opening up a whole other part of the story but you know like we talked about communism and in tenant or not ten sorry tetris this movie, I think, yeah. handles the communist elements in a very um, practical way, where I feel like, and uh, it like Tetris showed, side... exactly.
0: Tetris was let's go. Tetris to the is Soviet just Union showing like what the problem. Like, see... Tetris
2: has a very has a very um, Dr. Chivago way of showing the problems of of, yeah. of Tetris. Like why doesn't Dr. Zhivago, it's another it David Lean hand. movie. You see how? Yeah. It. But with this movie, it um, the movie doesn't pick a side. I think that I think the overarching. Um, the overarching thing that people will point out with McCarthyism. And I think this is, this to me is like the problems with McCarthyism is there is, and I, and it shows in this movie, there's a difference between having a belief in something and being a part of an actual organization that is doing something. um, And also having your, having a country where you should be able to believe whatever you want to believe in, whether your political views, whether it's my political views, your political views, and not be not be persecuted for those beliefs, like that's yeah. and that's and I think that's really like the the message when it came to what was wrong with McCarthyism. And this movie does show that. I think it just does a great job of towing the line between J- just how it applied like to him. Oppenheimer, you know, yeah, but it's like no. Oppenheimer had he was a sympathizer with communism, but at the end of the day, he was still an American. He still loved his country, and he wanted to do you, you know he had his no. duty. That he so had so I to read do. a
0: couple of books on I I read the right. Communist Manifesto whatever side you're on of whatever debate you should you should be aware you should be educated on all the things and that's that's just the essence of that's that's the trouble right it's like and you know i i think i said this last night with barbie but i i i joked that i was like guys i know exactly how oppenheimer felt well what do you mean well he's like he's like guys just because i like just because some of my friends are communists and and just because i've read some books it doesn't mean it doesn't mean i'm communist and that i'm a secret soviet spy you know and i was saying that in context of how like you know both barbie and uh uh and sound of freedom i start talking about things specifically because i want um it's not it's not about like i believe this and everybody else should believe it i have an i have an an honest genuine obsession and fixation with the truth that's all I'm ever doing anytime I'm, I'm watching a movie, consuming anything, um, uh, dealing with this, uh, you know, podcast, anything. I'm constantly trying to pursue truth. And you do that by talking about ideas and everything. So, uh, you know, like, like, again, take like conspiracy theories just because I like I genuinely find them entertaining. Like if you've ever yeah. gone to bit and watched like QAnon videos. I don't believe any of it, but it's the greatest fan fiction ever. So that's the thing. But when you bring it up, like I remember being in Chicago and I'd bring it up and people like, you can't talk about those. It's like, why not? They're they're that's like telling me I can't watch a movie, you know? Well, the, the movie isn't real. Yeah, I know the movie's not real, but it's it's wildly interesting. So that was that was right. I, I I resonated with that moment where it's like, guys, I have an intellectual interest in certain things, in you know, um, be any ideology feminism is an ideology communism is an ideology uh and 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 you don't get anywhere if the discussion breaks down to uh you're you're just a bigot no 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 we're we're here to communicate about these ideas the 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 trouble is that a lot of people get emotional and they want to shut the speech down they there's they're so uncomfortable that it's like we, we we can't talk about these things and that's that is that's what censorship is. And, and it's, yeah. um, it, it's 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 anti podcasting. It's anti intellectual because and, and I've said this a million times. People can make assumptions all day about what I truly believe. But what's in my head, they don't know a fucking thing about me. You know, mm-hmm. just because just because I talk about how like I've said before, I talk a lot about bond and why bond is attractive. Like in my estimation, this is why bonds attractive because that's an integral part of the character. When we when we move on, let's say we move on to uh, let's say we move on to Star Wars or something. or Star Trek. Star Trek is all about progressivism. So I'm going to start doing segments about that. You know, mm-hmm. anybody drawing conclusions about what my personal politics or beliefs are. I've n- I've never confirmed any of that. I've never said which side I'm on or a- any of that. It, that's all assumption. And that's that's the way it should be. I, I went through. Everywhere I've ever worked, I'll talk politics or I'll talk everything. But I talk about it in a vague way where it's just an intellectual exploration for the truth. That's why that's why I like podcasting, because I like having these these interesting discussions without. And that's Oppenheimer. I, I identified with the man so far as he's like, look, I read I read a lot of books. I read all the books like literally Oppenheimer reads everything. So uh, I, I read the, the Hindu Bible. Uh, i learned sanskrit so i could read it because i was interested in it does that make me a hindu no
2: i think i think one you know, of my favorite I like this my favorite that. bits with that though i think one of my favorite bits was that like you know they they definitely point fingers as far as like oppenheimer had you know it was like he has communist friends and you're like oh my god but it's not yeah. like it's not like like yesterday you by association you, were, you know yeah yeah but it's the guilty by association thing but like uh, you know yesterday you were talking about how like um uh, you know, they could have done the, uh, certain things could have been, like, extremely over the top. And, I, and It wasn't bad. It was Sound of Freedom. We were talking about Sound of Freedom, and you were talking about how, like, it was never, like, Hunter Biden was, you know, doing this, yeah. or they have the babies, or anything the, like that. It was never that. on
0: tweet just came through, right. and Biden's got yeah, the right, right, pitch right, right, in the right, White hat. Right. We gotta go get him, you know, like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah.
2: Like, it was never that. You know, but, like, with no. this movie, you kind of see it's like, okay, you're focused on, like, talking, it's almost like the movie's directly talking to people in general and saying, like, you're focused on this thing about him and communism, but like, remember, he's talking to his friends, and you see how it's like. No, these guys were his friends. Like, they were taking care of his kids because yeah. he, being, like, even admits to his own selfishness. He's like, "We're selfish human beings. We can't deal with this." Like, his wife is, uh, and again, this is a different time.
0: Selfish and horrible people don't know they're selfish and horrible.
2: Yeah, it's like, but this is like, like he's like, "I've got to, I've got to get my." You know, he sends his kid to his communist friend, who's like a a straight up, like believer in the beliefs of communism and mm-hmm. he's like can you take care of my kids for two weeks because i can't I, we can't do it and like yeah. and like that's those are the things where it's like they're there that is their friends like they they were friends like it i'm sorry but like yeah you want to persecute somebody for their beliefs but at the yeah. end of the day it's like he did this thing because because he was taking care of his kids um yeah. i want to hear i just want to go back to a couple of comments uh because i sb and huevos i appreciate you guys being here um talking with us about the movie
0: capcom capitalist communist
2: <laughs> um, yeah
0: i like i like i like both i think we should so, do both so sb, SB said
2: both. that with a car- uh, car- compartmentalization you were saying he says only those in uh, los alamos knew they were making a bomb those in tennessee and chicago were not uh were not aware also heisenberg uh, which I was like, oh yeah, Heisenberg from from Breaking Bad, that yeah. Heisenberg. Yeah, everybody um,
0: everybody turned on at that moment. Like, who you're was like, at the oh wait, that Heisenberg, where, with yeah. the with the Leo DiCaprio thing where he's pointing at yeah. the TV. Yeah. He's like, that, that's Heisenberg. Not
2: Heisenberg. That's the Heisenberg from yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so great. was always behind the Manhattan Project, weeks behind them, uh, but sadly uh, his base was in Munich, and that city got blown blown to bits. But it said the Russians took some of his team to to Russia. So that that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. And what did, what was this one? And it was tended. It was interesting when Damon was like, uh, we're going to drop two bombs to show we can uh, keep dropping them. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. kind of we went over that. Then, oh, I like. Yeah, uh,
0: then that was the point. It's like, you know, um, uh, that, that is that is uh, a well calculated strategy, you know, and it was three um, days. And three days, and they still hadn't
2: surrendered. The one thing that I took away, the one thing I took away from the the scene where they're talking about like what's the target, was like I was just so like thrown back and shocked that like this general's like was it the general or he was it was part of the uh, the staff? He he was like a
0: secretary of defense or something. Yeah, he was something
2: like that. He's like he's like oh, I don't want to bomb. Uh, Kyoto. Kyoto. my yeah. wife because my wife and i went there yeah. <laughs> i was just like wait yeah. what i mean at least um, it,
0: had he just said that it would have been a little crass but at least he said uh uh it, it's it's very culturally relevant like let's not blow up boston uh let's I, i'm not even gonna it kind of shows in there the American let's blow up indianapolis kind of, you know i'll just throw yeah, my it kind of had there.
2: some kind of like 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 thought process and like yes we're gonna kill a bunch of people it sounds horrible saying it hmm. We're gonna kill a bunch of people but like let's at least not like let's not blow up new their, york because new york is destroy their culture valuable, or something like that. you know yeah. uh,
0: like, if you're if i'm saying if you're if you're taking over a country uh uh don't don't um it, it's kind of like what's been going on with like for however long it's been like a year or so of, of the war in ukraine um the argument from the get-go has been if the russians wanted to win they would win tomorrow. If they, if they truly wanted to, they could just carpet bomb the entire fucking country and they would win. It's David and Goliath. Um, but they don't want to do that because part of it is that, you know, it's kind of their people. There's like shared blood between the Russians and the Ukrainians, but we don't want to just go in and blow everything up because we would just have to build it up again, you know, but that's kind of, that's always been the American strategy. We go in somewhere, we shock and all the fuck out of them. And, you know, and then, and then we, whatever we, Government contractors build it back up, but two different strategies, right? So it's like, uh, and and I don't think they ever really said why they landed on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, but um, uh,
2: I think I think it was like the, I, I, yeah, but it, and it's funny is that they they first like and every time they've mentioned it in the movie, if you if you watch carefully, remember there's two bombs, there's two types of bombs that they that they used, and it's interesting that they um every time they mention Hiroshima. It's like Oppenheimer has to has to correct them and say Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Like, yeah. he, it's almost like everyone forgets Nagasaki. It's like they, yeah. there were two two places. It it's wasn't like just he, one it, guy. It's like he did a double
0: murder, and it's
2: like, oh, you know, and you kill that person.
0: You know, no, like, I, I killed, killed two, two people. I got to. Yeah. always got to remind you. Yeah. So yeah, little um, details that are are great, and 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 the whole thing is like you know the argument is. Um, how we kind of attribute this, uh, if somebody's really good at one thing, we kind of assume they're good at everything. And yeah, he's a smart guy, but there's, I loved, I loved the scene with Truman specifically because he's just like, hey, yeah, I was done. about to, yeah, I, I get it. Like, I, 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 I'm not an idiot. I sense here that you're a man riddled with guilt, but nobody gives a shit about you, man. Nobody cares about who invented it, they just care about who used it. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like the whatever, it's like, uh, cult feeling bad that his guns have killed a lot of people and it's like well it's not really your fault those are it's the classic like guns don't kill people people kill people you know and you knew that you knew from the beginning this was going to be used but um i'm the one who used it you know and and truman's like like i i don't know i don't really know anything about uh um truman so far as his character i i all i've ever heard of truman is that it was generally soft and this was like a very hard Truman, you know, where he's just yeah. like, you, get, you know, get this crybaby out of here. Um,
2: that was like, like that man, was that was fantastic. another standout. That. That's another standout scene in the movie. And I think, yeah. I think part of it, one, it's like you got Gary Oldman in, in you know, chewing up the scenery and, and playing a, a U.S. president. That's always great. But on two, it's like the line in itself, just like it just kind of it. It's, it says a lot. It says a yeah. lot about um, because again, I think this goes into it. It's not a political deep dive. It's just more of like you have somebody who's a president of the United States, somebody who I think most people uh, hold in high esteem. Like they, they, he was a war president essentially, right? Yeah. And it was a war that like it, it's like people question the war in Iraq. People question the Vietnam War. World War II was not a war that people generally question mm. um, because it, it brought on a bunch of different stuff. But it's like you're taking this one war president and it's almost like within that statement and that scene and the perspective of Oppenheimer, you're saying like, it's kind of dick. He's kind of a dick. Like you're just mm. like, yeah, you say that, but it's almost like you're you're. Um, it's like he's, but, that, saying but that's this why he's the president and Oppenheimer isn't.
0: That's just that's right, just what right. it comes down. True. to. True, but I, I think it's uh, like no, another another it, crossover like behind the another Batman reference there. Remember when when it was like, why are they getting rid of? Speaking of Gary Gary Oldman, why are they getting rid yeah. of um, uh, uh, Commissioner Gordon? Uh, who was he Commissioner at that point? Yeah, why are they getting get rid of Commissioner in the in Gordon? the third one? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and they say, well, because he's a wartime leader. And it's yeah. peacetime now. This
2: is peacetime. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's the that's the difference, right? And that's where that's where this is one of those um movies where it really showcases the the nerds and the jocks, right? The nerds are like, We figured out how to do this thing called fission and fusion. And the jocks are like yeah, could you wrap that up in a bomb so we can go beat this good out? You know, like that's, that's all of history. All of history is the nerds and the jocks, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so you have running around with Oppenheimer and it's the nerd right. and the jock, you know?
2: Wave us what you said, like no, like with no empathy. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. the, yeah, I think, I think that's the point. I, I think that's, that's the like, bottom that's line the of the movie is that it felt like.
0: You know, it, right. like end of the day, it happened because it had to happen, you know? Uh, oh, no, we're going to hurt some people. It's like this is wartime. You know, right. like it's it, it again, so easy to say, well, maybe we shouldn't have done it. It's very easy to say that now, you know, but it was yeah. it was necessary. As no, I, you I just don't... wanted to do it so you could take all Japan before the Russians could get it. Doesn't right. matter. Ultimately, that's a cherry on top compared to, uh, and they and they really hammer it home where it's like, you know, we get to bring our boys home at the time, yeah. very important to everybody, you know, right. So I appreciate moments like that.
2: Um, SV, yeah, Um, SV you're saying how naive he was thinking that his science wasn't going to weaponize and use as a gun to the head to the entire world was interesting watch I, I yes and no I think that like the movie he's smart enough to really realize very quickly that that once the scientists figure out how to break these atoms down they're like oh crap like they're going to make this into a weapon he already yeah. he was somebody's going to do it but as far as what you're saying is the naive thing it's like yeah he knows that and we're going to do it but as far as like the implications farther in the future. Yeah, you're right. He's he's. I feel like he's Prometheus. definitely naive there. Prometheus. Uh, the Prometheus, Prometheus thing. We talked about that. It's great. Um, mm. And then I went on. What did he say? I think. Um, I got another that scene. He was doing that. Another yeah, scene that
0: I that I really liked was when they introduced the idea of the H bomb, where. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Why don't we? Because what was what was his accent again? Like, we, we uh, do, instead, uh, we do uh, hydrogen. Instead I, of, because, I thought, and that was the thing, that was I cool. thought you got he this... was a Russian.
2: Hold on, let me look at, yeah, me he, look at the characters. He, Edward Keller. I thought he was right? Russian. Was he and like I thought, because the movie, maybe it was, Polish. was it Polish. I think the movie really points fingers towards him. Like, uh, okay, so it says. Well, yeah, uh, I, I, I think Teller, he went on to. Hungarian American. So he was a Hungarian American theoretical th- physicist but the i think he went on the to hydrogen bomb, exactly what exactly like, yeah
0: that's why th- that uh, obviously because that's why the, he, they give him but the scene.
2: movie kind of does like this thing where um because again like i didn't i went into this movie knowing nothing like i knew i knew i know the names of these things i knew what los alamos was i kind of knew what manhattan project was i don't know how all this stuff was played out you know, i did
0: dr manhattan
2: yeah right i didn't know the all blue that blue guy yeah i didn't know any of that stuff um uh, but i did know like i kind of had like just a vague idea i was like okay i kind of get what's going on here um but um the movie kind of plays it where it's like you think he's the russian for a while like you think he's the spy for a while mm. um and I, I i that's that was the sense i got i felt like the, the movie was trying to hinting to make you think oh he's the spy and it was like they were kind of pointing their fingers at him. And then you find out later that this other guy that he brought on was actually the spy. He was the person that like revealed things to the Russians. And you're like, Oh wait, what? Um, But then you find out the very end, like I like, and I also liked how like he, he kind of talked badly about his friend and his wife never forgave him for it. You know, his wife, wife, like even at that, that the ceremony scene that takes place probably farther into the future. Uh, you know, he comes to give him a handshake, and his wife wife doesn't it, refuses it. Um,
0: but yeah, my assumption, um, my assumption was that Hans Zimmer did the the soundtrack as usual, but I didn't catch I th- his name. I, I'm just assuming, but but based off this, uh, what SB just said, how uh, you could hear in the soundtrack, you could hear a Geiger counter. So I was just like, ah. that's Hans would do that. He's done that for every Nolan movie. He's like, I think. Th- can I do German? Whatever. I'm gonna take this can. Can sound he? effect that is like integral to the story, and I'm gonna shove it into the uh, um, soundtrack. So,
2: Han, uh, yeah, brilliant. it's not him. He, d- uh, um, Hans Zimmer, did not do the music for this. It was so, Lou okay, Wade so you have Wallen Pfister
0: who shot all of uh, Nolan's movies up to I don't know, maybe Inception or something, and then and then went off and tried to make his own. He movies. did Dark Knight Rises, um, and
2: then I think. Who's okay. The, who's yeah? Hold on. Yeah, uh, Hans Zimmer is not the Hans Zimmer did not do the music for this movie. It was, uh, and then he, uh, and Wally, H- Wally Fisher didn't also did not, uh, do the, was not the DP for this movie either. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, no, Fister, Fister hasn't been with him
0: for a while. It's like the Hoyt. Yeah. He, ben he wanted to go kind of off and guy. start his
2: own directing career. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he, uh, I, I, I can't say I met him, but I, at a film festival, I, I, he like walked as he was walking past me. I was like, love you, Wally. And he just was like, <laughs> you know, but, uh, <laughs> But his style was just, it's like the same style. It's like, I, I, I don't know if it's just coincidence. And, and Nolan was like, I, w- I want somebody that's really close to Wally because he captures my my imagery beautifully. And so he brought in this Hoyt guy. Or if he was just like, hey, Hoyt, I want you to study Fister and do just like he did. Uh, but the same thing here with the, like, I want you to do this the soundtrack in the same way that Hans Zimmer did it, you know? like yeah. I. Like, if I can't get the real deal, I'm going to get somebody who can copy it.
2: That's, yeah, that's, uh, that's my funny. Okay, so Hoyt, Hoyt Van uh, Hoytema, uh some of his other movies include uh, Let the Right One In, uh, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy, which also starred uh, Gary Oldman. Mm. Uh, he did Spectre, which was uh, a yeah, movie we're yeah, yeah, going to be talking yeah, yeah. about very soon. Yeah. Uh, Ad Astra, which I, I thought was a really great movie. He did mm. Nope. Um, he shot Interstellar and Dunkirk and Tenet. So he's been... He's been Nolan's DP for he the just, last just, several yeah,
0: movies. Just replaced Fister. Um, but anyway, okay, so back to the H-bomb for a second. That scene is a lot of fun where the, they have this whole discussion, right? Because they, they have this fun little visual element about um, we're, we're all developing the technology, right? Again, through mm-hmm. our compartmentalization, you're going to work on the trigger and you're going to work on the whatever, the fuel rods, I, I don't know the stuff. But uh, so you have all these di- all the compartmentalization and uh, and that that, that was uh, the reason I was questioning it earlier is because uh Josh Hartnett's character comes in and he's like, uh, um, uh, it's like remember compartmentalization and he's like, yeah, compartmentalization, <laughs> you know, like I, I I I said I heard you, I didn't say I agreed yeah. with you, and he gives, yeah. gives everybody a briefing. So I, that was my question: was like, were they kind of showcasing that it was like, yeah, it's compartmentalized, but
2: like it's kind of wishy washy sometimes because we're in a so rush, dude. We're I in a rush. That was the, you know, I think, yeah, I think that was a theme in the conflict of. It's like it wasn't the overall all thing, but it was like it was almost like this. It was almost like the movies displaying how they are very loose and loose with the rules because in their minds, as scientists, that we got to cut to corners, dude. We're behind. We got it. We got to cut corners. We got to communicate. Yeah. I got to tell you how this is going. This bomb thing's going to work with the yeah. the nuclear stuff. Nuclear, nuclear stuff that you have in the in the weapon right and like yeah. i got i got to communicate all this stuff so it's like yeah i heard you buddy but like yeah, but this isn't going to be science, perfect we're humans at the end of the day stuff. but gotta, yeah and right. that that was but, cool stuff but it's also it's like okay we're just demonstrating that but then later on it's almost like he's eating his own like oppenheimer and the rest of them are almost are eating their own words when they find out like oh wait russia has a bomb now because they because yeah. we were so loose and goose, there was with a spy the, the with rules. us the whole time. The the I they think figured the it out and, and they they sent it off to Russia. Yeah. So yeah, so anyway, yeah, so uh, do, what, what what
0: I'm getting at is there, there's 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 a the fun scene I'm talking about though, visually is that they the, the guy breaks out a, a fishbowl and then he breaks out like a beer glass and he's like, this is how much I think uranium and this is how much plutonium we need and so in Tennessee they're you know they're refining it they're enriching it and so every so often they put more beads in to say like, this is how much we have. And once it's full, we're going to be, we have to be ready for the test. Like th- this is where it's like only Nolan could make this movie to have all of this in his head and to like visually represent things when it needs to be done while cutting, uh, uh, while editing, blending it. Right. But it's like beautifully done with, as you mentioned, the, the color and the black and white, uh, perspective element, but also, um, a very, again, a linear story about his life, but also having like jumping around the timeline a lot. Not too much, but, but doing that. And, and Nolan is just like, he's just like perfected that at this point. Like the guy, I remember, um, yeah. I remember, uh, 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 Michael Uslan um, at, at that, at that Uslan. Uh, sure, sure. At that same, he's the uh, owner of the
2: Batman, he, he owns the rights he, to the Batman. He's the
0: one I told this story before too. I, I saw him on the street and chased him down and I was and like, I dude... do. I, I, yeah, I was like, I just won the film festival that you hosted. Like, that was, that was me. Like, I love you. You know, like that was my, that yeah. was my excuse. And I was wasted. Yeah. I was just, I was like, sorry, I've been, <laughs> I've been celebrating, but like, you're awesome. You know, and he, um, uh, but he said in that speech, because it was right before Dark Knight Rises came out, he was like, I've only worked with two geniuses in my life. The first was the production designer on Batman 89 and Christopher Nolan. Like those so an, two, they're, an, um, those are,
2: yeah. Huh? Um, Anson Faust.
0: Yeah. he's just like those, Anton those Faust. are the Anton the two,
2: Faust and Christopher Nolan. Got the
0: two, the two geniuses I've, I've ever, <laughs> I've ever been around. Right. But anyway, really I, 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 I keep digressing, uh, the H bomb scene. So they're, they're talking about how we don't have enough fuel yet, right? They're filling up the fishbowl in the goblet and what's his name? The scientist that you just, the Hungarian, He's like, why don't we use hydrogen instead? And so, so it's like, okay, let's explore this. So, how much hydrogen would we need? Well, we would need this much. Okay, uh, we instead of making a, um, a a a fission bomb, we could make a fusion bomb. Okay, right. How much hydrogen? We would need this much hydrogen. Okay, how could we trigger it? We would need an <laughs> we would need an A bomb to trigger the H bomb, which like, which which is like at this point, kind of common knowledge. But the way the scene played out was was just so funny, you know, that that I, I I assume a lot of people missed it because I I don't know, maybe they never looked into H's H and A bombs. But I yeah, but I, I, the I trigger don't that much of the difference. The trigger on an H-bomb is an atomic bomb. So it's like it's like, thanks, buddy, but we one step at a time. We have to invent the A-bomb first, and then we can worry about the H-bomb, which historically speaking is exactly what happened. And then um I don't think it was ever dropped anywhere, but it was tested, right? Like and those yeah, are the like types they, of they things used that you would I think, say, like I think, blowing um, that up in the ocean or whatever. And- was it
2: so that you know the footage? Okay, so I'm I'm SB, you seem to be the 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 historical esper, expert on this, but tell me tell me tell me if this is true or not. So I'm gonna go back to a couple movies. The movie Hills Have Eyes has these uh, scenes that are like historical footage of like A-bomb testing or H-bomb testing. I don't know which it is, but it's like the movie. We talked about Indiana Jones. They hit me with a copyright strike for using that in the Goldfinger episode. Okay. So, 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 yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry. You're, you're bitter. about. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Bitter about that. Sorry. Sorry. Um, But I'm thinking of, you're just just bitter. bitter, buddy. Yeah. Okay. I'm just thinking about no. I'm I, what I'm thinking about is uh, 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 Indiana Jones, uh, King of the Crystal Skulls. They built that town, and that's that's the infamous scene where he gets in the refrigerator, and the refrigerator blows up, and everything. Is that the H bomb testing that they were doing at that time, or was that the A bomb testing they were doing after the war?
0: Because that was I... during.
2: That was during. And I know, I know that like because of the atomic age within the '50s and science fiction, like that brought in a whole other like thing because everyone was all about the A-bomb and, and that's kind of where we get science fiction. I mean, that's a whole other thing with this. It doesn't, this movie doesn't really play into any of that. Yeah, my, my but
0: assumption I, with the H-bomb is that it was when, it, it, when you see the films where they're testing it in the ocean. That's my assumption. I don't know for a fact, but you know, whereas like the wait, classic wait, wait, images.
2: Wait, what's S P saying? Hold on. I don't know SB he's, he's saying, first of all, you brought up the, the one effing movie. I do want to watch. Ev- I do, I do not want to watch ever again. I assume, yeah, yeah. I th- are you? You're talking about uh, Indiana Jones? Is, I'm assuming what you're talking about. So
0: yeah, once you get over a couple of things, Crystal Skull is. We we, we talked about that. It's like it's. I watch it now, and I'm like, it's fine. You know, it's, it's it pales. It's obviously at the bottom, but it's like, right. it's Fine. I don't hate it don't just don't just like it. just go take a pee at c- select moments certain parts just go pee you know
2: oh, he said oh the, the hills, hills have, have eyes. eyes you're talking about the hills have eyes okay oh okay but yeah in that movie mm-hmm. they show the footage as like like kind of a reference as to why they live out in the desert and where like there was atomic waste and stuff yep. and uh i think what I'm, I'm all i'm saying is was that h-bomb footage or was that a-bomb footage of testing yeah, sites I don't know the I don't know the answer to that one, because I do remember like they they built from what I know, very vague, but they built like fake little towns like they do in Indiana Jones and they blew up the town so they could see the the actual damage that the bomb would do. Um, and I think they did some of these the these uh, H-bomb tests and stuff like that out in the out in the Yeah, they the out in the Pacific. Mr. McCurdy,
0: That is very true. You know, the he had that sign on and famously he had that sign on his desk. The buck stops here on Truman's desk. And um, and it, it, speaking of which, I was just thinking of a, another moment where he's like, he's like, so because he's he's like Oppenheimer been dying to meet you. Like, let's chat. And quickly, they realize that they're very different people. And he says, uh, what do you think we should do with Los Alamos? He says, uh, I don't know, give it back to the Indians. And Truman just stares at him. And, and I, I kind of chuckled because my first thought went to a bunch of Indians showing up on irradiated land, at, you know, and I was right. like, like, no, don't do that. I'm an- <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I know that's not Los Alamos. Los Alamos is a city, but, but like that, that, that was my first thought. I was like, wait, you want to send them to where's radioactive? But, um, yeah. but he, uh, and then that's when he's just like, yeah, he just kind of stares at him and he's like, no, no, no. We need to build this up. Like we need to build Los Alamos up and we need to keep, you know, we need the H bomb. We need all the bombs. You know, yeah. Um, but yeah, this so I, wanna... the Pacific. I think was yeah. Uh, that makes that makes I, th- that's that's my my thought. But I don't know. Yeah.
2: Uh, but... Um. So going to this. Yeah. I- I'm just gonna say it. I'm. I think it's number one. John
0: Wick was better. John Wick was so. <laughs> <laughs> was it? I'm the, gonna say it's fl- number light, one. Light, oh, come on, below the Flash. Meet meet me halfway below the Flash. No, I think uh I my. Um, like I said, movie ended and I was like, that's number one. It's obviously number one. I, you know, been thinking about it all day and when did I see it? Did I see it yesterday. But uh, it yesterday yeah, before, and before and Barbie, day. but no, uh, no, no. I, I saw I, it our, Friday. But, I saw it Friday.
2: Yeah. I it saw it before, uh, I,
0: I saw it just before our, uh, uh, I saw Barbie. And then the next day I, I, I was just like depressed after watching Barbie. I, I was in so much pain. Like just everything. Sure hurt. It, it really felt sure like torture. But then I but then going into this, I was like, please cure me cure like like I don't want Barbenheimer. I just want Oppenheimer. And I, I came out of it and I was just like, wow, I didn't even think about Barbie for three hours. You know, what was the runtime yeah. on this, by the way? Uh, this is three hours
2: straight. I think it's like, OK, almost perfect. Three hours. OK, interesting. Because Barbie's I, like two hours. This Barbie, I think, was like 215. This is three. Barbie so felt like, like five, five hours. Like, I, I, just, I, didn't, I Again, I just we to disagree. I don't think Barbie's yeah, sure, as bad as but, you're saying but, it. it. It left sure. a sour taste in my mouth. It wasn't uh. it wasn't excruciating, aimingly painful. But yeah. Uh, yeah, Oppenheimer. I was I left the theater and I'm like, yeah, yeah. The the cra- like okay. I always harp on craftsmanship in these films, and I think mm. this movie excels in that. Yes. I also think it it it's just masterful. a better like like if I'm comparing it with Bo's Afraid, both are very good movies. Bo is afraid has like this overarching life lesson thing, and it's more of a dream nightmare type movie. Yeah, this movie is about real life. This movie is about like this. Take all the great things about some of these movies on these movies on the list. Like even Air, which is a movie about people talking in rooms and and developing stuff. Movies like Tetris is about about like the creation of something and and people getting away with stuff. Yeah. Uh, mission Impossible is about like a group of people, you know, creating and uh, uh, getting past an impossible mission. I know Guardians is about family. There's elements of family in this movie, but it's not like the focus isn't about family in this movie. But yeah, when 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 I think about this movie, I'm just like, damn it, Nolan, you did. Like I I, I would not be surprised if he got Best Picture and Best Director this year. As I, somebody a, said, as, as of that, right now, that,
0: that, yeah, that would be that would be justice. That that would be like the guy. I, as
2: of right now, I haven't seen I haven't seen Scorsese. Obviously, we haven't seen Scorsese's movie. That we have he's, half the year left. With,
0: like yeah, yeah. But right We're now only halfway, This is the but... best
2: movie I've seen this year.
0: Yeah. And, and so, you know, in, in, uh, looking at the, the, the top three, it's like, um, it, 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 you know, just in terms of scope and, and brilliance, it obviously beats out an infinity pool, uh, which again, for me, I love, it's one of those that I walked out with like very a, good like movie. a, like a joyous headache about like, that, that was, that was incredibly meaningful, uh, dark, but incredibly meaningful. What I was afraid was that times 10 where I, I, I just, I'm walking out of it and I was just like, I was, I felt high for, for hours. Like, you know, right. I, I, it, it took a while to come down from, from that, but both of them still kind of, um, they do technically have a couple of, as we talked about in those reviews, they have select moments, not many and not any that really break the film, but they have moments where they're really playing with reality to the point where, you know, like giant dick monster in the, in the attic and things that aren't bad. Other people might say that those are bad or that didn't make sense or whatever, but, um, the, the crazy abstract stuff or, you know, even like a 20-minute uh, scene where we're going through a play that's all about wh- what what it is like to, to live life once you leave your parents or whatever, right? right? Which is what the whole movie is about. is about an overbearing mother. Like, what if your overbearing single mother was so rich and powerful that even if you left the home, you would have to go to another planet to get away from her. And she's secretly controlling your entire life. Yeah, Jewish Lord of the Rings. Um and and so, I, I those movies are um, uh, like Nans at some point brought up like rewatchability.
2: I some some also, movies thing, rewatchability is bullshit.
0: I, sometimes rewatchability is a good argument. Other times it's bullshit. Like Sound of Freedom is a good movie. I don't want to watch it again. It's fucking oh, no. disturbing. It's like it's like. Hey guys, it's Sunday night. Time, you want to pop in Schindler's List? Hey, it's I'm Friday good. night. We should watch right. uh, uh, a Passion of the Christ. No, 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 no. I think I think it's a good we, movie, think, but rewatchability doesn't apply to stuff like that. Um, I
2: the only thing I would here's I'm gonna just throw. I should have said this when we talked about Sound of Freedom, but I'm thinking about it now. I think the only reason why you would want to watch rewatch Schindler's List. Is at least it's attached to a filmmaker that you could study his work and learn sure. from that. Whereas I yeah. feel like Sound of Freedom doesn't have anything to learn as far as the filmmaking goes. Yeah, that's that's all I'm going to say with that. But back sure. to okay, but okay. So SP said I think you'll have to debate what what makes Bose Afraid more personal. Th- th- uh, what Opie was going through and one highlights is it better? I guess I think when it comes to yeah, when it comes to Bose Afraid, Bose Afraid is a over the top in the same respect as Barbie was, very farcical, it's a wild just wild like dream-like type thing. It's, it is wild a wild movie. Yeah. And it's and it's like, it is a trying to bathtub express, scene is like, uh, my favorite scene of the year. It's a fun movie. The bathtub it's a fun scene. movie to watch. Yeah. It has its moments where I feel like it's fun because it's weird and it's like, it's funny, but it's also scary. It's also dark, like, but it's like, also light. Like, it's <laughs> it, it has all those complexities. So it's I've like, I, I think Ari Aster is a great filmmaker. But like... <laughs> But like, uh, but like with this movie, it's like you're. It's just a very, extremely well crafted story about a real person. It doesn't Mm. pull weird punches other than outside of, of timeline stretch, like changing the timeline as far as the edit of when you're focused and like the you know objective versus subjective uh view points of view in the film. Like those are those moments. But it like the movie leaves you on like, like the last. Okay, so Bo is afraid. Leaves you on a on on a scene where he dies and then you're just there sitting there and you're like, what did I just watch this movie no. leaves you on a really good, like it's not a good note, but it is a very like, like it is the completion note. of the theme. It's the completion it's a of spooky it's, it's, note the whole movie is perfect. It opens
0: up with fire and the quote about Prometheus, right? You know, like he stole fire from the gods and was punished the whole thing with Prometheus for anybody unaware. You should all be aware of this shit, but Uh, he was chained to a rock and every day a a bird would peck out his liver. I believe that was the, the, you know, the, 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 long and short of his punishment. But, um, this opens with that. And then you, you have reference of like, you're the American Prometheus, you know, and then, um, but, and, but it closes with that where he's again, it's, it's, uh, um, you remember when I told you we might destroy the world? Well, I think we did, you know, and it's just, it's yeah. like beginning to end perfect, uh, you know, as well as the opening and closing of the eyes, but, uh, but all in all thematically perfect. And, uh, and, and also just, um,
2: I, both I just, movies are ridiculously long. Like both of those movies are ridiculously long movies. Yeah. They both have uh very distinct purpose. They, they both have, like, Boa's Afraid, the one thing we said is it's a movie with four parts. Like, it's a very distinct four-part movie. Yeah. This movie is a movie with kind of, in my view, it's like a, a very distinct uh, beginning, middle, and end. Like, because it's broken down by hour almost. Like, you're like, this hour, this happens. By this hour, this happens. And then by this hour, this is happening. Yeah. So, it, like, the movies are kind of very well broken down in those those regards. Um, but I think another another reason why I would, I would say this movie outshines Boa's is Afraid is, like, the, the reasons why I say like this movie is better than other movies that doesn't regard the story. It's like, think about the acting. Like there are so many great, like it's like air on crack, right? Like yeah. air was a very well acted movie it has a very great, it has a, is a very well-rounded cast. Everybody, as, you, is, as is you've said repeatedly,
0: there's always the movie that's really, it's like acting the movie. Like it's, you're there right. for the performances, but the story is lackluster and uh, like fences is the classic example this is
2: the one that i remember the the distinctly made it that was the movie that made that point for me i was like this just looks like acting the movie whereas uh air i i I don't see that necessarily with air after seeing it, i'm like air was i i still really liked i know you didn't we need the greatest shoe ever made
0: right like if if it's still Still like parallel between these two though it's like Mm -hmm. we get into the nitty-gritty of the bomb you know yeah um Whereas with air, it's like, I need the, like, I would have loved if they'd have gone into the shoe, but it's like, we need the greatest shoe ever made. And he's like, I'll get on it. And cut. I, here it is. You know, it's like, it's like he rolled up to a McDonald's and just said like, I'll take one perfect shoe, please. And they're just like, here you go. You know, we got the perfect. shoe. Okay.
2: Louise B actually brings up a interesting point because of something that um... I,
0: I, I wanted to talk about this. Yeah.
2: Something sure. an interesting point because I I think I think going into this movie I did think about it after the fact because I was like oh yeah we did talk about that in Air, um or, when it wasn't Air there was another movie that we we were arguing about and I remember it was like, it was like why didn't oh no no it was it, I think it was Air but I think there was another one I can't remember off the top of my head but basically arguing the packs like okay so you got a movie about uh, about the about the war. But we never see the war. We never see the bombs being dropped. And I feel like, again, the only uh, this movie at least gives a really uh, straight answer as to why it, it does that because one, this movie is only in the perspective of Oppenheimer yeah. and and exactly. people around him what they're dealing with. So we don't need to if this if this movie was like we're cutting to the war to see how the war is and then cutting back to Oppenheimer it wouldn't have the same effect, but I think no. that because Nolan is specifically like, how did like, he look, see I, it?
0: What, how did he right. see it? Well, he didn't but, see it. He just heard about it over the radio and that's where it's right. like, good call. Perfect call. You know, the, the, the IMAXers are, you know, I wanted to see more explosion. There was only one explosion in this movie, but uh by uh, yes, hundred percent. Perfect call totally understood and that's why again in in, in the um... it was
2: air i think we talked about in air though it was like we never saw michael jordan we never saw and again i think i think i at least was, I think that was with air, it was air, you know i think in air like i know you questioned it but i think like in air their perspective is like well it's not about michael jordan it's about the people behind the shoe that that made michael jordan great but he's like a part of that story but, it, but, it, but so it it's have like amped, it's kind it of like
0: amped things up though it would have sure, been a little sure. more emotionally effective whereas with this uh you you it was emotionally effective because you see the look on his face when it's like you did it dude you just killed you just killed 200,000 people you know right. so it's more important not to not to you know cut to a bunch of uh japanese people running Aah! you know with fire behind them and all that i mean e- okay case in point even when they're in that briefing and they're seeing all the slides and it's in and there's a narrator who's like in this shot, you can see this this little boy's face is burnt off. Like they're they're describing the horror, right? Right. And they're we're we're not seeing it. We're just seeing him as he's hearing it. Same concept, right? Because it's about him with his whole Promethean complex thing. So these are all good calls. You know, other people might you know this is the, this is I wanted action movie where I want to see people screaming like Godzilla is chasing them no 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 this movie's too good for that and it's end of the day it's not a movie called a bomb you know it's not a movie called uh hiroshima it's called oppenheimer it's uh, it's specifically yeah. the thematically linked to his promethean complex so it's it's right. like it, it's just it's um I, I think we've we've made enough of a case of it. I'm down to talk about this as long as you're it's funny. I have you're, to you're, you're tired going into this, but, but, uh, but no, I've, I've, I mean, I've covered off on everything on, on my end, but um, not only does it just feel right. Remember, feel it, McCurdy, feel it, but uh um, don't watch it. Don't, but don't I th- think I, we've, it. Just feel it. we've, we've made it enough of a case and Bo's afraid and, and infinity pool at the end of the day are more art films they, you, uh, your average Joe will probably just be... That's artsy-fartsy bullshit. Incredibly meaningful movies. This is right. a just a masterpiece. <clears throat> this is well, say, masterfully okay, so put, to that put real together.
2: Quick, speaking to that real quick, though, uh, what you're just saying about, you know, uh, Bo's frade and Infinity War are more artsy movies. I think mm. Nolan has uh, is, is one of the few filmmakers... Again, he is like the modern auteur filmmaker like Scorsese or, or Kubrick. Kubrick or Hitchcock or, Kubrick. or any of those people. He is yeah. like the Kubrick of our of our generation, essentially. Yeah. I mean, that's that's very high praise. But I mean, it's it's when you look at his filmography and and how it is it is usually critically acclaimed. And, and it's like process, yeah, that kind of makes sense. His his process, his process is all of Kubrickian, that, is very,
0: right? Where it's just right. like Kubrick was obsessed. The guy was but obsessed. Nolan is. I will say this.
2: I will say this. I think he is the one of the. The great thing about Nolan that he does really well is he is one of the few filmmakers that can take uh, complex ideas that uh, are more like ideological and you have to really like think about them and put them in movies that are super accessible to yeah. just everybody. And he's so, like, a, a blo- movies, he was the blockbuster. Yeah, this isn't a blockbuster, like, but he was the but blockbuster. Get, guy but he, for years. Yeah, but he's not like it's not like a straight just blockbuster, it's not just a fun movie that you go see there's like i complex ideas behind the movie like behind the action essentially so like yeah. when you get movies like uh the dark, i mean of course like the dark knight or batman begins it's like there's these deep-rooted themes and things that they're talking about yeah. but it's in a batman movie it's in a Fear superhero movie chaos, you know, and order and you know yeah, you have all that stuff so yeah he's just french he's, revolution that's, he's the one filmmaker i think he is that that excels at like that intellectualizing values. the blockbuster that's always yeah. been his he, stick he's just very good at that yeah. and i think this movie is like yeah this is it's this like, this like a passion beast like, it's his. almost like let's not do the drama like the other ones um uh yeah this one's like let's not do the let's not do the blockbuster let's do the drama oh. so film and see what happens and like that's what happens okay nan's had was something really quick He said he said i personally would have been happier if they spent more time shedding light on Oppenheimer's upbringing and educational endeavors to figure out these theoretical physics uh, thoughts he had, but couldn't. The one thing I'll say to that, man's is I will say, and again, I had to check in on this after the fact. I wasn't really sure his uh, his upbringing because I, I didn't realize, and maybe I missed it, but I didn't know that he was born in America because he has an accent throughout the entire film, and even in real life he did. Um, but I wasn't like, I was just like, wait. Is he American? Because I I wasn't sure if he was like German, came over to America, became an American citizen and then created the bomb. But but it would have been nice to at least make that distinction clear. It's like, no, he was born on American soil. He's an American. He just has uh, Jewish German uh, immigrant parents. And that's why he has such a thick accent. But he is a very intelligent man. He has like all that stuff. That was the one thing I was like, I kind of could see if they could have cleared that up but i I don't think the movie has time for it and i I also think like the movie's more about like him and as an adult so i I don't know i could see that yeah um well we could figure out
0: we got a new number one booty yeah if we could have a bomb go off right now (laughs) big celebratory (laughs) h-bomb
2: but then feel bad about it after the fact
0: no uh an image of a barbie and then it just fucking explodes
2: (laughs) okay buddy okay yeah yeah. you know what i want i i want barbenheimer's a fucking joke oppenheimer i want i want a edit not by you because you would you would a a barbenheimer edit yeah i want a barbenheimer edit i don't know what that would look
0: like so do i
2: that would be kind of interesting to see it would be like you would have to do things where you take singles of characters talking about something and then and then they would say something and then you'd cut to another character saying something back to them, but then like change the background. So it looked like they were in the same scene. I don't know. That would be weird. I never, be, yeah.
0: In any, someone's going to, somebody really on the internet's going to figure that out. Yeah. Other somebody on do the like internet is going to figure stuff. that out. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's got to do it. I'm sure. I'm sure uh, it's been talked about, you know, somebody, because you know, there's fan edit subreddits and stuff like that. But Nance,
2: Nance, Nance is surprised we're doing it at number one. I think yeah, Nance, I think where it's got I, I, uh, I think the biggest thing I would say is like it is, it's just a very well acted movie. It has a great story. It's a very well crafted film. Like overall, like the mise en scene, all of that stuff you is great. Yeah, we talked about all those points in the movie that he really kind of demonstrates that. I think this is also his best movie because he demonstrates that he can do things that people didn't think he could do, mm. um, and he does a great job at that. Um, but yeah, and I think and think that at the end of the day, it's like this movie is also more accessible than Beau's Freight and *Infinity Pool* for. for like a a regular audience. I think most people could go into this and they could be like, yeah. Oh, okay. Like they could, this is is like, if,
0: uh, this is like, if like, for example, saving private Ryan came out and it's like, well, what's number one infinity pool or saving, it's saving private Ryan. You know, it's, it's, this is like the instant classic type of thing. We haven't, this is the first movie of the year where it's like, this is a movie that's going to live on. Eh, most of these other pieces of shit are going to be forgotten, but Oppenheimer is fucking forever, and that's yeah. that's the, the we just haven't had that yet. We've had nothing but uh, a bunch of sequels and <sighs> stuff, and some of them are good, and some of them are bad. but um, there's just no question, and I think we've made I would more also
2: than say in a case for it so: I think between this and Super Mario Brothers, Universal's having a pretty good year. Uh, this and Super okay. Mario Brothers. Yeah, because Super Mario Brothers is universal. Yeah. It's still yeah. the highest grossing film of the year, and then this movie yeah. comes out, and I think it it definitely it if could it, if it gets the in Oscars. some Oscars and stuff. If yeah. it, it could get some. Uh, it could. I mean, not, not even just Oscars. I mean, Golden Globes. All the you know, yeah. all the awards. Yeah, yeah. I think this movie has a good shot at that. I don't know what yeah. they're going to go after if it's going to be. I think Killian Murphy is going to be up for best actor. I think, I think Robert Downey Jr. Is going to be up for best supporting actor. Emily Blunt will probably be up for best actress. Um, uh, or best supporting actress. Not I think yeah, I think that's how that works. And Because it's not like yeah. take
0: something like Lord of the Rings. It's it gets all of the technical awards. It didn't right. get a single acting this award. Will also, okay, this is one of one those thing. that'll get both. You know, this is just one thing like, we didn't talk about. Everything. I
2: wanted to talk about one of the things I wanted to talk about because we we're talking about the awards and, and and you're talking about technical awards and I completely forgot about it. and SB. We'll talk about the comment in just a second. The sound in this movie is incredible. Like, it does a such a great job use of sound. I had somebody, I saw it, like, I wish Nance was here because we could, like, talk about how great Dolby theaters are and how amazing this is. But, um, I, I loved sitting in a Dolby theater. I know, I know Nolan's always been about, like, IMAX and they shot this on IMAX. Hmm. But the one thing I love about Dolby is they use, uh, they use, like, this incredible sound system. And the movie doesn't sound like shit, but like a lot of other theaters do. And they put, they put, um, they put subwoofers in like pr- practically every row. So you really feel this movie. And so when you're sitting there and there's a bomb going off and you yeah. feel the, bo- like you feel like you're there. There was a guy sitting next to me that was doing this like half the time in the movie. Yeah. I think Espy, you're alluding to the fact that you think uh, the movie uses a good use of sound. Is that correct? I, I could see why people would say uh, they don't because Nolan has this. Nolan typically does this thing where he is sound mixes, not catered to the dialogue. It's more catered to the feel of what's going on. And so people are always like, wait, what did that person say? I was born Uh, of the book! You know, like you have those moments. Um, Okay, and then... I I, I, I remember
0: thinking like, just in terms of the movie itself, though, like, take the moment with the bomb. You know, obviously a highlight. Mm -hmm. My assumption is that it was the midpoint, but I'm not sure. Um, It might have been. That there's... there's, uh, I, I kind of expected, because it's IMAX, I kind of expected there to be like a uh um you know that, that exactly what you your mind goes to where it would be that wide shot and you would see it like it all lead up mm-hmm. to the, but no 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 it's uh, again it's from oppenheimer's perspective you know as he's looking through this whole and the way that it's built up to where like you know there's a storm going on like it, it's 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 one of these movies that just showcases that this all of this was a miracle this is why people say things like God was on our side. You know, when people win a war, they're like, well, God was on our side. And that's, that's, that is a more complex statement than just superstition or whatever. Um, when, when such a, such a series of events all come together, including this man, that's kind of the point too, like including this man existing. Right. Um, so anyway, so, uh, that moment though is, is, it's him looking through the hole largely. Right. And so um, just little things like that. I appreciate it as opposed to the wide, the wide super wide IMAX shot that fills the whole IMAX screen. And it's just like perfect mushroom cloud and all that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just, it's, it really is just, it's, it's just masterful from beginning yeah. to end. Is it confusing at times? Yeah, gotta I, I gotta wa- I gotta watch it again. I gotta You're now that I know the it. story, I gotta watch it again, and and um and and, and I'll be able to follow it better. But uh, even as on a first go, you you follow the core of the story, and it, it's just it's, it's it's there's no question in my mind that it's not number one. The moment I saw written and directed by Chris Nolan, I was just like, good job, buddy. You just made the
2: best movie yeah. of your life. I think yeah. Again, I think it's the best movie. Um, but Nan or sorry, Sp. Sp did bring up one real quick thing. He did say that there was a quote recently that because people were asking like, "What do you want to do next? What are you going to do next?" And he said thoughts on Nolan being again being asked about WO seven again. Apparently, this time he said he would like a good control of the project if he were ever to take on the director role. He's paraphrasing. Yeah. So my take on it. He doesn't want to be Marvelized. He wants. I'm going to do what I want. His... Chris Nolan, dude. And I think think when you look at, if you look, go back and look at um, all of the other previous Bond directors. I don't know if they'll get Christopher Nolan to do the movie, unfortunately, unless that's the route that they think they should take in the future. And I only say that because they, uh, Broccoli Family, as well as uh, Eon Productions, has a track record of hiring people that they can kind of control. And they can say, "Okay, this is what the movie's going to be," and and you see that it, it's almost like the the Marvel, uh, yeah, you, you Char, or, uh, Charlie, you kind of said it. it was like it's kind of like the Marvel route of making filmmaking, and that was the thing when you watch the early Marvel films, they tried to get some big names to do the movies because they were still trying to make a name for themselves. But once the Loving train Kenneth. started moving. Like you've got Kenneth Branagh did Thor. You tried to get Edgar Wright to do Ant-Man and that didn't work out. You had all these actors that wanted demands. They said, nope, you are not in the next movie. Get out of here, Edward Norton. Mm -hmm. So those things started happening. You kind of see how the Marvel train started running and then uh, you know Kevin Feige and Victoria Alonso were like, nope, we have to have control of everything. We're the control freaks in this. This is more like a TV show. This isn't like a regular movie. And then you see that, I think, with the Bond films is that they have always tried to get directors that aren't the biggest, biggest names. Like, as I remember, we talked about in some of our other episodes that Spielberg at one point wanted to do a Bond movie and then he never, he never did that. And I think there's a lot of other, you know, big name filmmakers that would love to do it. I think we even talked about Peter Jackson wanting to do it. And, you know, Jackson only off before he did Lord of the Rings was a kind of approach to it. But I think Jackson now, it's like, uh, I'm too, he says, he said, he said, uh, or yeah, I think it was World not enough, but he was like quoted and saying it was like, I'm too big of a name now to do, these movies and i think that's the yeah. problem with i think that's why nolan had to state that and say like look i'd love to do it but it's, it's gonna not be, gonna be what you're used my to my way or the i'm gonna run highway. the show yeah i would love yeah. like if and that, 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 would be, that would be that would be
0: healthy that would be incredibly healthy to just like hey broccolis just make the schedules give me the money and yeah it, sit back relax and let him let him do know it. that i'm gonna make the best fucking bond movie ever made Like, just, but he's, you know, he
2: would not. Here's the thing. I think here's the thing. I think you give it to Christopher Nolan and Jonathan Nolan and, and those boys and you say, okay, here, you get the bond franchise. You get to decide who's bond. You get to do all that shit, right? Like uh, we're going to produce it and we're going to give you the money and we're going to, you know, make sure we get the, the locations you want, but you're going to do it. And what's going to happen is you'd have Christopher Nolan going like, okay, I'm not doing one movie. I'm doing maybe three movies. And a lot of the issues that you and I are going to start arguing and talking about with the next three films that we still have yet to talk about. Well, I would say the entire Daniel Craig era of Bond, if I'm being if I'm being really honest, Hmm. you're not going to see those problems because it's going to be one guys like this is the through line story we're going to tell. We're not going to go back and forth because something didn't work with the last filmmaker or we didn't like somebody didn't like this thing or or like we're not really on the same page of where this whole story is going to go. We're not going to see that. You would see somebody be like, no, we're going to, I'm going to do these three stories back. I mean, hell, maybe he does like the, the true, um, like I would love if he did like, like a really good take on the, uh, uh, Blofeld trilogy in the books, right? Like he does honor, Majesty, secret service. He does, um, uh, you only live twice. And is it diamonds are forever is in that trilogy or am I thinking there's another one in the, in the book trilogy. Yeah. There's like a, there's like three stories or, or no, uh Thunderball, right? Like he does those stories, but it's, like, I,
0: I think it would be Thunderball secrets. Yeah. Thunderball, secret, it's Thunderball, service, secret service. And you only, and, and then Yolt. Yeah. And yeah, that would, and, like, I mean, he, that would and he would epic. do
2: that. And then he's like, yeah. no, I'm doing this. This is the stories I'm going to tell. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to do my version of all three. of Lowfeld's going to be my... in the suit of armor <laughs> <laughs> in the, in like, the exactly. castle of death. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe he, maybe he's like, it's going to take place in 1950 and it's gonna be like that like like imagine if you did that but i feel like the thing with nolan is like he has the um like like uh, people talk about your film sometimes your films are your are your business your short films are your business cards he has the business cards he's got tenant he's got inception he's got uh i mean of course he can handle action with with the the dark knight trilogy but it's like with tenant and inception alone it's like you've got the calling card of someone who knows how to direct a bond movie so it's like you know, you yeah. got it. It's like, it's, it's right there. It's like, it's in your face, you know. Co direct
0: it so. with Martin Campbell.
2: Martin Campbell. It can't fail.
0: How about, yeah, <laughs> like, okay, okay, A Pie in the Sky. Uh, we're going to do all 12 uh, books. You know, I know there's 14, but there's 12 books. Uh, uh, and it's, it's, it's like, one and like you're working on the first one and I'm working on the second one. And they just keep trading back and forth. Yeah. uh Just knock them all out. There's like Martin Campbell and Chris Nolan just killing it. Just like Lord of the Rings in it. And then we just get like, like every bond movie that comes out for thirty could you, years, 20 could years, you imagine, like the greatest thing, you know,
2: could you imagine Killian Murphy as Blofeld?
0: Dude. Yeah. He'd have to be involved Think about that. Oh my god! Yeah, like yeah, that, you have to in, but then
2: that would make sense. That, that would, would be awesome. Great. Oh, oh, Michael. And Cain, they're not related. Him? They're not fucking Michael related. Cain? He's just a guy. Michael. Michael Kane is who? M, M. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Wait, let's Mike, let's Michael go through the list. Cain. Okay. Okay. Michael Kane. Who's Cain's Money Cain? Penny? Okay. Who's Money Penny? That's a good Emily Blunt. Is a- Emily that Blunt. Blunt. I don't know. If I, <laughs> Emily I don't know if Blunt. Money. Who else does uh, it? 1950s, yeah, but think, he doesn't 1950s have... Money Penny and em- Emily Blunt or, would be dope. But you know who I'd also want? I'd want uh what's her name from Dark Knight Rises and Inception, um, who played I Talia have... al Ghul. I I'd have... want her as a character I in the I, movie. I'm not I'm not such a big fan
0: of her, but it but in the right role, I, I would, would want her as great. Money Penny, but like no 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 no, no, no not money penny. Maybe pen. a bad not guy. Like a, blonde... as a bad guy, that would be cool. Like yeah,
2: yeah, uh yeah, yeah, yeah
0: like a fluid, uh, or whatever like her name like a pussy was from galore type of somebody yeah, or Yeah,
2: something. no no no, was the villain in Thunderbolt? The, the, the Fiona v- yeah, Fiona, Fiona like, Volpe. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, Fiona. perfect. Perfect. Something like be that, a great right? Fiona. Like yeah. and then and then okay, okay, and then who would Q be? Who would who would be the corner cuz Q's not in the books, but you'd have to bring up. But oh, we're pulling right? from Nolan movies, right? So who would Pull from be? Nolan movies.
0: Uh who Q would you Q cast? would be uh Q would be uh his Q. His Q was uh help me out. Uh I'm Morgan Freeman. Uh
2: Morgan Freeman, that's Q, like because he already was Q. That's his. That I don't. Think, Batman's I, I, Q. I'll say this. I I will think say that would not work only because Morgan Freeman is not from England. I would I would I would pick a British actor for that role. Morgan so I Freeman would. Freeman doing a British accent would be hilarious. I would. But that would be. It. <laughs> <laughs> hey, try hey, to imagine Mr. like Freeman, what he sound like. Can you
0: like? do a, a British accent? Like I would love to hear. Well, take on it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. I, I hold on. I reverse my selections for M. I would not put M. I would make M would be Kenneth Branoff.
0: That's a good choice.
2: That's a great choice. And then I would yep. make M. I would make Q Michael Kine. Michael, if he could, Michael if he, Kine. If Michael Kine. i would Q Michael Kine. He, he's, he's almost too cool. But, oh, but I, I take got another it. one. I got another I one. Take it. Who would be I Bond, got another though? one. Everybody Maybe, wants to know who would be Okay. Bond. Who would be Bonds? I, I from here's this thing, whole I don't cast. Think, I don't ooh from this cast. Just no, okay. like a, Eddie Nolan movie. Who Harry Eddie Styles? Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Styles. Yeah, man. Yeah, or Drake there and Josh go. guy. <laughs> uh, no, I put Robert. I, I I know this. I know that's too on the nose because he already played Batman. I would do Robert Pattinson. Oh wait, Robin Pattinson's not British. No wait, he is British. He is British. He is, he is British, right? Is yeah. He would. I would. I, I would, would, would say maybe Robert Pattinson. I'd take it. I'd do that. I'd take um, it. Yeah. I I would, I, 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 would,
0: I sincerely like him. Think Tom think Hardy would be a good villain. Like, I paid my dues with these fucking vampire movies. You is know. Aaron
2: Tyler Johnson? Is he? Is he British? He. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it, it's it's I hard
0: these days to know because you know they they immediately get their... It's like if you want to have a career, you got to learn that American accent.
2: Okay, you know who else? Okay, throwing out another one. Who else I would put in this movie? Who's gonna play? Um, I'm blanking on names now. Who's gonna play uh, uh his CIA ally, Felix Leiter? Felix Leiter, a genuine think, uh, Felix Leiter. I would, I would cast. Okay, actually, I have a couple choices. It'll, you like got to pick like twelve
0: a... people because every movie's got to be a different Felix Leiter. All right, so
2: one. Okay, so the first movie, he's Matt Damon. <laughs> yes, that's great. The second movie is. I'm just picking my three <laughs> favorite. Oh yeah, the Han Solo guy would be a good one. Yep, he would be a good yep. one. But I, I was gonna pick. I was gonna say yeah, Robert Downey awesome. Jr. But I would maybe I would say Robert Downey as like a villain in a movie. I, I think maybe he would get, be a good Specter agent villain. And yeah. then I was also thinking of like uh, Josh Hartnett. But again, after seeing mm-hmm. this movie, I think any there was a notion at one point in time that Josh Hartnett should play Batman. But every time they they would say that and they would show pictures of him, they're yeah. always showing pictures of him like early two thousands. I've met Josh Hartnett. And like cool, but he kind of looks seems like an awesome guy. Looks, he seems like a cool dude. He was real chill. I, I worked on a uh, it was a movie. It's a it was a Quibi TV show, but it became a movie. It was called Die uh, really? Die heart It was the Kevin Hart, uh, but it became yeah. a TV show anyway. I've met him on that. He was a nice guy, uh, but I think after seeing him in this and his size and everything, I'm like, yeah, he could be Batman. He could totally yeah, be oh, Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be a great Bruce Wayne. He, that he character was
0: too was like I. I... I got a big kick out of him because he's like, he's like, dude, because again, uh, Oppenheimer's like, dude, whatever, like we get together, we talk about the ideas of communism. He's like, this has real world consequence. Just talking about
2: communism is going to get you in trouble. Don't do it. You know, my my only uh, my only. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, just uh, uh, I love the moment where he's like. You know, because it's like fashionable at the time to unionize. And he's like, what the fuck do you people have to do with dock workers? You know, like, yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you don't need to unionize, but it's, but everybody's like, you know, yeah. it's, it's hip. It's cool yeah. to unionize. Like, no, like, I obviously, HeartNet, like, I just, I just resonated with so many of these characters and all these different, right. uh, just fun intellectual ways. And, and it just, um, Again, I, 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 here's the I thing. you know who I recognize. It was just so funny.
2: I oh. felt I, I, I resonated with Oppenheimer a lot in this movie mm. for a really strange reason. It's because like I felt like woman. Sometimes I, yeah, I feel like a woman. You know, I'm a womanizer. You know, totally. That? Did you know that? Did you not know you just, that? You just womanize one that? lady these days. Did you not know that? Did you yeah. not know that? No, I I, 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 I won't go into it. But yeah, no. uh Back to Bonds, though. Yeah. Wait. Won't uh, go into Kenyan what? The womanizing? What are you talking about? No. Just like who I recognize, who I, who I, uh, who I uh, associated with this movie, as far as like who I identified with. I was like, oh yeah, I definitely identified. Why? With this
0: why? Because he's a fucking communist.
2: Kami. No. I I identified more with like having, kind of being in a weird spot because you have you have friends on both sides of different different spectrums, and that's yeah. always kind of. I felt like that's always a hard thing to, um, deal with because um. Like even my wife deals with this too. It's like sometimes you deal with people who see you as one way and then you have people who deal with you see you as another way. And you're like, I'm kind of more in the middle than you think I am. So like that's that's that's, that's that was something that, was that, my that point, i my point. That was my movie. point
0: earlier, is that it's like people get very emotional and they want to say, You you just you just hate this or you just hate that. No, no, no. You're attributing for some reason, you're you're mm-hmm. you've been triggered and you're attributing false things to me where really I'm just talking here, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh and that's the um, I have same thing. I've got friends all over, you know, just all different uh, call it political persuasions, worldviews, whatever it may be. Right. And but there's like the reason why this show works is because even though like with with Bond, I'm golden gun and, and your secret service. And there it's like it's indicative of two different worldviews and takes on the character so it's like two different worldviews, but mutual respect. That's why this mm-hmm. works. Occasionally we get heated, but, that, but that's, it's not
2: stop, ever just. not being Cabcom.
0: It's, it's, <laughs> which, which is a capitalist communist.
2: Yeah, no, bet, I'm, I'm firmly in,
0: in the capitalist I camp, but anyway. I um, know but anyway uh yeah don't don't anyway don't tell uh yeah so these our, days, our... These days they'll, they'll put you in jail for being a capitalist like they did back in the day being a fucking communist but anyway my point being I, that, i'm that, sure that, that's, they that's why that's why that's that's how conversation is supposed to work as opposed to shutting down speech because whatever people getting triggered or whatever but but oh, it's wait. like i got friends all over the place and we just talk we just t- like i like johnny johnny's like a classic example johnny and i just we just gab and nobody ever gets angry you know but johnny's johnny's he'd be fantastic on this show he's in the goldfinger episode but he's uh he's too busy saving lives and doing doctor stuff you know
2: doctor stuff he's doctor yeah. he's doing doctor stuff anyway uh back to bonds um bonds Nolan's bonds yeah i would i would cast killian murphy as blofeld and and I would want it to be that. That that that's my take. But you know, he would never do that. Also, Gary Oldman's there too. Killian like, ooh, Murphy has Blofeld,
0: I, I think, is brilliant.
2: I think Killian Murphy has Blofeld works. Destroy that. It's a really uh, I think it would be a really that, or you you throw a wrench in the whole thing. You make Christian Bale somebody of significance that you would not associate him with. That would be fun. Christian Killian Murphy Bale. Christian Bale as Doctor. No. Like who's Largo? Who's oh, yeah, because you would do Thunderball. What about okay. Who's th- who's Largo? Well, Largo could be anybody, right?
0: Largo could be that
2: guy who th- played the Hungarian. Uh, yeah, Benny, Benny, uh, S- Safty, Benny Safty, mm-hmm. who is one of those Safty brothers. Yeah, you could, I could see that. I could yeah. see that. Or Rami Malik, but you wouldn't bring Rami Malik back to he's play just, another character he's, outside that.
0: He's back. very small, so he has to be a Blofeld-esque character as opposed to somebody who's like physically uh, active. He, like this. Is something we talked about, like as far yeah, back I'll as Secret right Service. Back. Keep talking. Okay. About as far back as Secret Service, I was like, "This, uh, you can't have a fight. Bond should never fight Blofeld." This is this is this is such an odd moment for me to just look at myself on a screen talking to nobody. But Bond should never fight Blofeld because uh, Blofeld's beyond. That he like transcends physicality. His, his whole function is to just be the evil genius in the chair. And the moment he starts throwing punches, it it, it undermines that, you know. So, uh, so, but my uh, like I made the point in Secret Service where it's okay because when they have that fight, at least it's it's a chase. It's more of a chase than it is a fight. So it's it's not like if they just had a if they just had a straight fist fight. Bond would just rip his fucking head off. Like it would be a joke. So, but anybody watching still, uh, we're, we're about ready to wrap up, but are there any other scenes of interest that anybody wants to point out that we could just mention real quick? Cause this movie is a lot and certain scenes certainly stood out um, more than others. And it is a lot of talking in rooms, but it's riveting, but um, any at all, any Halifax part remind me of that. Remind me of the Halifax part. Um, the Halifax explosion. Help me. That was on accident. Um, the Halifax explosion uh, w- when they were testing or or a different. McCurdy, what, oh. was, the, what was the Halifax explosion? Oh, the I don't know he's talking explosion.
2: about. Is he talking about the how the journey Oh, are okay. So yeah, yeah. So
0: they were talking about again. They're they're like the uh. I said any scenes of interest before we close up because you know obviously we've we've. Yeah, I was listening. I, I, heard.
2: I heard. I have a scene that I wanted to bring up too. That I had something I wanted. to... Okay. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot to mention this. But go but, ahead. But we they talk about, the about
0: this vaccine. this boat that exploded because it was transporting a bunch of chemicals and it and it exploded and just like the. Uh, like this oh like this, yeah this, yeah this, no this that's new. yeah it's like l- let me throw these glasses at the wall and see how the how the particles fly out and everything and then that's that same kind of theme is expressed in that scene where it's like this boat exploded and they're kind of studying that and because yeah they throughout the whole movie they'd have those cool shots of just like uh like rain falling on uh, uh on a pond and like the, einstein and Oppenheimer these guys just spend their days just staring at stuff like that you know a la like fucking like no different than an apple falling on their head you know it's just beautiful like, mind type just, stuff exactly just out in nature just trying to figure out how nature works and that's the that's the thing that's it's easy to take for granted now it's like well, yeah what well, you just make a bomb. it's a big deal but but the whole movie being the idea of like we need to do this nobody's ever done it before and it better work or we're fucked you know it's 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 just incredible yeah
2: um okay so sp we did kind of talk we already talked about the end where he kind of talks about like i again i think that is the part of the movie that really to me felt like the following where like the truth is revealed as far as like what we were actually watching this entire time and, and then you see uh straw getting all upset about like he thinks that you know oppenheimer's up against them, and then uh han solo's like yo he's probably talking about something more important he's not probably talking about you. And then we talk so what you find out is they're talking about like yeah, I remember what Char- Charlie mentioned it is like he's talking about the thing that I told you back in a while ago where I thought, you know, that we might destroy the world, but I think we actually did anyway. Yeah. Um yeah, that that whole scene spooky. The thing I wanted to bring up to Charlie. I was thinking about this. And it, to me it was like is this like a weak part of the movie or am I missing something? Or did we not see the rele- relevate The re- res. I don't even. I can't even say, speak words now. Resolution. Um. Resolution of it. Uh. He says he reminds his wife, and this is my my assumption. I had an assumption about what it was, but says to his wife before the explosion at at, at the Trinity explosion. He says, um, "Make sure to bring in the white sheets." And then yeah. he calls his wife, and his wife's like, "Did you bring the white sheets in?" And she's like, "Damn, I didn't do it." And I was like, "Okay, that was a little weird." I was assuming that they were talking about radiation fallout and that the white sheets would catch the radiation. No, no, no. The, and there, there was uh, kids. Uh, it it was, it. Like it that was, was a, my assumption. As
0: far as I picked up, it was just a, it was a code phrase like, uh, uh, remember, remember in um, because because they can't talk to people, right? And everything's recorded, so he can't say, oh, "Hey, we did it, we, okay. we the bomb worked." He can't say those words, and so bringing the white sheets means, um, you know, tell, tell my wife, and then they they, it's like he said something like, "Bringing the sheets." Remember in uh, the opening of I think it was uh, obviously you understand the concept, but in another movie, uh, I think Ocean's Twelve, right? When they're mm-hmm. the opening of it is, uh, uh oh no. The bad guy from the last movie is coming back. He knows all of our names. He's going to kill us. And uh, and he 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 calls Julia Roberts or she calls him either way, and says um, the basement's flooding and the pilot light is out. Got and, it. And that means get the fuck home quick. Uh, we've we, we've been sold out. You know, it's just right. a code phrase because you can't say the thing you want to say over the phone. That. And so later, later he catch. says he says don't bring in the sheets and it's like cuz he's you know bad news that's bad news bring in the sheets good news don't but what i what i did miss and i'd like to see it again is when that's established he walks out and uh, just on the day that he's going to go test the bomb or close to it and she's out there and she's hanging the white sheets and i that was where it was established but i don't recall the line where it would have been like Right. Hey, honey. If it works, I'll say bring in the sheets. I, I I don't recall, but yeah, that was a concept.
2: That was yeah. That was one I didn't I didn't catch. Uh, Sp talks about. Uh, I don't see where he tells uh, Damon. Uh, he's talking about Damon um, mm-hmm. when they talk about doing the math during the world. But uh, the movie also does describe how like like you know uh, Oppenheimer is uh, talking about how um, early on you talk about like the math doesn't work you can't do it and then of course like was, that's that was great the, the see, theoretical see? science
0: and it's the full like and, you know he just wrote out an entire uh uh he's like the math
2: doesn't work math. you couldn't do it and then yeah, he's see? like well obviously. obviously you know it's great but then but then his scientist comes back up the his engineer comes back up and he's like yeah we just did it like we just did it downstairs it's yeah. like yeah it yeah. proves you wrong you know
0: five minutes later i'm gonna replicate it and and that's the the real quick for anybody who hasn't looked into it. The whole idea is you have uranium. And uh, so, you know, that's got its its proton neutron nucleus and you blast it with neutrons and that breaks it apart like that's splitting the atom. It splits it. And so you can just do that with one, you know, little particle. And then the idea is, well, wait a second, they s- established it. It's, it's, it's all like, well, if we do this and we do this and we do this. Uh, right. And so if you have enough of it you split one and those neutrons go off and they split others. And so it's this huge, just like, like just neutrons flying all over the place, splitting every atom. And and every time you do that, I think it's unleashing like gamma radiation and
2: creating hulks. And then, you know, it, it, well, it's gamma alpha and beta radiation and yep. gamma radiation is the worst. It like can go through. Uh, it can go through. I, I know that yep. from science, uh, science classes, like gamma radiation is like the worst kind because that can turn you into a Hulk. Yes. And then alpha radiation. I'm just gonna say that like like it's a, a fact. Like gamma radiation, yeah. It's a fact. A Come on. It's a fact. Turn your candle. Um, no, alpha radiation. DC. Well, like alpha and beta really radiation is much more minimal, but it, it can be blocked by uh, smaller pieces of, of fabric or whatever. Like it it doesn't it doesn't shoot through things as 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 far back. And but yeah, gamma can go through really tough stuff. That's why you have to have concrete or, or lead. Uh, to stop that kind of radiation. So
0: there was also that, yay science,
2: um,
0: where it's uh, apparently the, the same day that he said the same day that he published his whole, whatever theory on black holes or whatever, like the way the star collapses, uh, happened on the same day that something else happened. Some other big scientific breakthrough, uh, which may maybe it was the splitting. I, I don't recall. But then no, no, same well, I day, remember Hitler invades Poland in nineteen thirty nine. So it's like yeah, on it's the like same this... day, all these incredible things happened, you know.
2: Yeah. Science it's for the such killed. an it's
0: just such an incredible yeah. story. And I think that alone, like that alone, the 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 scope, just the like the 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 I was gonna say Titan, the Titanic size of the story, that's a little too appropriate because that's who uh that's who Prometheus stole the gods from. But I'm going to put my finger on my nose. Uh, the the Titanic size of this story and just, uh, just as far as like Americana goes, it, it just for me, uh, that alone is the type of thing that can automatically raise it up to the top. Like just telling this story that is incredible in its own right. Like I said, the only thing that outshines this is like the actual act itself. Like that's how well that it's it captured. uh Goes well beyond the 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 incredible but art films that are *Bose* afraid and *Infinity Pool*, and then of course *Guardians* Sweet. is like, it's okay. yeah, yeah, it beats *Guardians*. By a little bit of *Beats Guardians*, but anyway, we did it. We've been going for the runtime of the movie itself. Yes. So, uh, unless you got anything else, McCurds? I'm I good don't to like. I, I feel like we talked the
2: so much. I, I don't know I'd have to go watch this movie again. I don't think I have I, I really can't think of anything off the top of my head. I'll probably think of something after we leave. Uh, what let's is uh, it, do... bomb cleaner that, that, than the one uh, than the mm. ones used in Hiroshima maybe if they use one, it would not have as much radiation problems. I have read it's it's a neutron bomb is what you're thinking of. a neutron bomb was developed so that the radiation poisoning of the land could dissipate sooner and so that like if they used a neutron bomb, It would be powerful, but like it would um, like there wouldn't be as much radiation poisoning or it would clear out much at a quicker rate so that an invading country could go back and develop that piece of land. It's what I it's what I remember. Okay. but did he fail? The world built bombs and here we are a menace in Europe threatening his neighbors. It's I think the movie ends on a note of like he it's again, it's complicated. It's complicated, but I think he's he's uh realizing what he's done he's like oh my god I'm like what have yeah. i done it's like he brought this incredible thing to the world but at the same Cause time cuz he like, cuz
0: he had to but that's where it's like it's it's like he's like did like, uh, and like it's, now it's he's slightly like, messianic too it's like it's it is strictly promethean but it's slightly messianic where it's like here's a thing and then now i'm going to get crucified for it you know here yeah. you go i mean Pr- prometheus done. is more appropriate of a of a metaphor but at the same time it's like he knew. He knew from the get go what he was doing. It's not like he did it. Oh no, he understood. But it's just seeing him um, uh, dealing with it. You know, even in the beginning, he knows he's creating this monster, but he has to. It's like, again, Buck stops here. You have to. You have to because somebody else will. You know, and that's that's the fun part is that ticking clock of like we're a year behind, uh, and if 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 we don't do this they'll drop the bomb on us before we drop it on them. And that's just reality because the whole world is a whole bunch of different countries all vying for power and resources because uh, we don't have Star Trek replicators, you know? So we got to fight over resources. That's just reality. It's just that in, in this country, in any, any capitalist country, we just do it by working, you know, in its most ideal form. It's just, we're all fighting over resources and money is how we communicate that to each other. So anyway, uh, yeah. new number one, new cool. number one, Velcoman. Good job. It should Chris. be no,
2: it should be no right. uh, surprise. It should be no surprise that yeah. um, we toast to Christopher Nolan again. Yeah. One of my favorite filmmakers. I know it's almost a cliche at this point to be like, Oh, my favorite filmmaker is Christopher Nolan. But like, he is one of my favorites and, yes yeah, he yeah he's always a huge inspiration I just it's like it's great we have like our generation has the a Kubrick or a Hitchcock or you know a filmmaker that like excels at or Spielberg I mean Spielberg's still living but still you know you got this filmmaker I think people look up to because he's like he every movie he touch everything he does he does with the very he's well crafted obsessive obsessive
0: about craft you know so right. yeah he's he's somebody to uh, obviously to look Spire. up to. He's, 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 um, it's, uh, what would have been the first of his I ever saw? I can't even remember.
2: It, it, it probably was a, a Batman movie, but, um, I think, but, I think Batman begins was my first that I saw of his. Probably. And then I think after the fact, I went back and watched Memento, but I do remember like people talking about Memento when it came out, like, like, mm. you know, and it was like this revolutionary movie that people were like, Oh yeah, I to see Memento. But I, th- I think yeah. it wasn't. It's like you make an impression, but it's not. It's like a movie. He doesn't put on. He wasn't put on the map. I think until even the Dark Knight. I don't even think Batman Begins put him on the map. I think Dark yeah, Knight for sure. did. But Dark Knight but was like,
0: was uh It was like the step. He became yeah. that Dark household name at that point. Yeah. So,
2: but everything. But but I think Memento was like his his uh the one thing that I think people were like, oh, who's this guy?
0: You know. Yeah. So as I said in my opener, there it was. For a little while, it was like, "Are we seeing that thing where, uh, as a director, as, Tar- as Tarantino always says, like, as directors get older, uh, they make they don't make their movies aren't as good, and that's why he wants to stop at ten or whatever." But uh, turns out that uh, that that doesn't apply, as it turns out to to Mr. Nolan. So, um, if if he quit now, you know, Tarantino style, uh, sure, you 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 quit on on what is probably your best we won't know for sure until we properly rank his whole filmography but um but for now uh new number one good job good job chris and and killian you killed it (laughs) good night